Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched No Retreat. We watched No Retreat, No Surrender. Boy, we're having a tough day here. First of all, happy birthday to Parker. Hope this is everything you hoped it would be. Thanks for saving you the best of the best. Oh, to everyone who already uh, turned off this podcast by now, we didn't watch you anyway, but please come back. Uh, the seventh attempt has started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Parker, uh, before we get into all that, do we have any news? Well, Chris, it's not just my birthday. A good friend of the show just celebrated his birthday as well. One Kevin Smith, who celebrated turning 51 years young by starting filming on Clerks 3. Hey, don't you wish movies were gone again? I do. <laughs> oh, do you think they're going to have some good pandemic jokes? Oh, my God. <laughs> if you wanted me to stop doing the Yoda thing, you should have just said that. <laughs> just think about all the masks and stuff that they'll have on. Dude. It's going to be the most wretched thing I've ever seen. Kevin Can't Smith wait to hear about it, guys. Kevin Smith is absolutely going to wear like a mask with like a Volvo printed on the front, you know? <laughs> it's so cool that he's been a director for like 30 years but cannot escape that tweet I yeah, I, it that is part. actually that is actually very funny <laughs> the good news is he has a good sense of humor about it um, unlike most of the internet so uh, yeah that's good happy birthday to Kevin Smith and also Parker Yay. is there any other news <laughs> yeah but I, th- I think it's going to come up in the next segment though. <laughs> oh good <laughs> do we have any jerks of the week oh fuck I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Buddy, always. You, after you, sir. Oh, you yeah. want me to go first? Oh, yeah, I want Alex to go first. Okay, so... It's like, I don't know, Friday night, probably. You know, I'm at work, having a pretty rough night, people are yelling at me, everybody's, like, being super obnoxious, almost like a full moon or something. I get off the floor, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm done with that. I open my phone... The first thing, literally the first thing I see that someone has posted directly to me is a picture of a bumper sticker of Baby Yoda dressed up like Harry Potter that says, Not today, muggle fucker. (laughs) And something inside me snapped. Fuck. I didn't know where that was going. (laughs) My jerk of the week is that guy, because why just... It it completely ruined my night in the way that nothing has ruined a night for me in a long time. It's kind of weird that you didn't do the voice for that, though. So. I, have, I have more respect for uh, the OG than that. <laughs> but that, I, of course, mean Ronnie James Dio. 
the Matt Damon thing is a dead horse. But I feel like people aren't focusing on the funniest part of it. Not the fact that he kept saying it and his daughter had to tell him to stop saying it. Not the fact that two days later he's like, actually, I've never said it. It's the fact that his defense is like, hey, I said it and stuck on you. A movie no one has thought of in 15 years where he's attached to another man. The fact that that was like, no, it's okay, I can say the word. I was in this Fairly Brothers movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, they wrote the script. I just say the words. I'm just you know? a mouthpiece. <laughs> also, big fan of every single response. Just being that clip from The Departed where he's playing against the firefighters. <laughs> just yelling <laughs> so many slurs. All right. Well, my jerk of the week is Ryan Reynolds. Now, I got to tell you guys. I'm not sure how to feel about Ryan Reynolds. So, I'll give you like my little personal history with him. I'd seen a couple of his movies. I think I saw the one where he's, like, trying to date Jessica Simpson or something. I don't even remember what it was. A couple of, like, the romantic comedies and stuff. And I was like, he's okay. He's a little funny in this. Uh, has but he's Chris really never seen off. Van Wilder? I have not seen Van Wilder. So, could be in my oh, future. No. Parker, it is your birthday. <laughs> oh. Parker, it is your birthday, so you can assign me Van Wilder if you'd like. Uh, you, uh, you hope it's the first one, but uh, yeah, you yeah, got to assign yeah. him the Rise of Taj, so he has to watch the first one. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you may be asking yourself, who is Taj? Well, <laughs> oh, that video game Taj and the Power of Juju. So anyway, Ryan Reynolds okay, I'm is in a bunch of. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was like, I don't really get Ryan Reynolds. I guess no one did, and he was in that. Uh, whatever the X-Men movie as uh, Deadpool, but it was the Deadpool that no one likes. And then he actually went out and made Deadpool. And I watched it, and I loved it. I really liked Deadpool. <laughs> I think that's one of the best comic book movies ever made because it's different. It's actually funny. I was like, wow, he really is very good. And then uh, more and more stuff came out. And Alex, you sort of dubbed this like the, the quippy nature, not just of Ryan Reynolds, but of Ryan Reynolds movies and other movies that try to be like Ryan Reynolds movies. It's not so much quips that are bad. It's just that like... They're not even, like, jokes, you know? He's just saying things. He's just sort of cutting in with some sort of voice. And this all came to a head where I saw for... It has to be, like, the 112th time I've seen this fucking trailer. Free Guy. It keeps on coming up every single time. And I... Alex, unlike you, I can't go to the movies late because I go to the Alamo and they have this really cool pre-show of all this really neat stuff going on. So what I could do is do what Josh did. Josh was smart. Josh took a bathroom break and he missed the Free Guy trailer. I should have missed it because it's one of the most obnoxious trailers. Not just because I've seen it so many times, but it's Ryan Reynolds' voiceover, okay? So for those who haven't seen it, it goes like this. like, hi, I live in in this wonderful, amazing world and... I work at the bank. He actually says it like that, and I'm like, what the fuck is the joke there? There's, there's like, no joke. Is he treating me like I'm retarded or something? Like, there's... I, I, don't, I don't understand why he's using that tone of voice. And he, he does stuff like that throughout the rest of the trailer. There's, like, no joke to the way that he's talking or acting. I don't see how this comedy is supposed to work. So, Parker, <laughs> I hope you'll show mercy on this, your most blessed of days, and not assigning this to me. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I've still got it lingering from the old wheel, so I'll report back to oh, you. God, yeah, that's right. No, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I thought you uh, you got rid of that. One. Oh, you traded them in. Yeah, that's right. I had a couple yeah. options to knock away. And uh, look, I'm not going to watch the buddy <laughs> games. I'm not going to get anything out of that. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll look, get something out of Free look, Guy. If I don't watch Free Guy, Free Guy's going to become an episode. Just let yeah, me jump on this yeah, grenade for yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah thank my, you. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, because every time I see that trailer, it's just like, oh, cool, somebody made a live-action version of the Lego movie. Why would they do that? <laughs> it doesn't even look that good. It's just, I don't know, it just looks really dumb. And the thing is, they're pimping it out so much, we've seen so many trailers for this, who is excited about this movie? No what one. No one. No one's excited for this movie. Even like Deadpool fans are just like, oh, I don't want to see it because Deadpool's not in there, you know? So you I make I, the joke about getting fucked in the ass. I don't want to see it. It's that's one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not going to go watch this of my own volition. If it was for content, then yeah, maybe, sure. But mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I think that this movie's going to flop. Just like, what was the other Ryan Reynolds movie that flopped with the time travel thing? That was uh, plenty of fun. You guys made me so watch I'm it. Was it R.I.P. R.I.P.D.? Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That was one of the, that movie was uh, well, shockingly racist. Anyway, yeah, um, I don't want to see Free Guy. Even the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that might as well be our, our new thing. Um, anyway, let's get into what we watched. This is one that I told Alex a lot about uh, after you signed off, Parker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were we were like looking for movies for next week, and uh, I think we're just going through like what like seventy minute movie can we find on YouTube to just watch? And I found something that was only available on Amazon. Th- this movie, uh, I'm not going to tell you the titles yet. But I'll tell you how it's worked. Okay, so there's this guy, right? He lives in suburbia. He's hearing noises from next door. Like, what's going on? He goes to investigate it. And he's like, man, what are these noises? And there's, like, some science shit in there. And the scientist goes like, where are you messing with my time machine? And he's like, what? Time machine? What? All of a sudden, a bunch of Nazis storm out of his refrigerator, brought in from 1942. The, the, the release title of this movie is Marching Out of Time. Uh... <laughs> But most fans of this movie, there are no fans of this movie, some other people called it this, call it Back to the Fuhrer. So so I paid 99 cents for this, (laughs) and it's worthless. There are no... Your second piece of Nazi memorabilia. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, To call this movie worthless is a misnomer. It's not worthless. This has Robert Zadar as the chief Nazi scientist <laughs> named Mook. Like, we go from fucking suburbia, right? Like, come it, backwards? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like that. Uh, and uh, he... We come from fucking suburbia to the biggest faced Nazi of all time doing the Heil Hitler thing and actually saying into the camera with a Robert Zadar voice, Heil Hitler. I can't believe... This is real. Anyway, there's not enough Robert Sadar in this, so... I say that about most movies that I watch. Imagine looking at Robert Sadar and being like, Yeah, this is the prototype right here. This is what we're aiming for, boys. <laughs> Alternatively, imagine looking at Robert Sadar and thinking, Yeah, put a mustache on him. <laughs> really accentuate his features. He looks like Paul Bearer. <laughs> that's a name i'm going to reference a lot anyway uh yeah he's uh the movie's not very good but absolutely an all-time title it is up there with house to a second story so, so uh, that guy on the cover wasn't actually Polly shore 
No, he looked a lot like Polly Shore. This is some other guy who's never done anything else in his life. Rough beat. Sorry, Chris. He's trying real like every single person in the movie's trying really, really hard to like make this into a comedy. Like they're acting like like they're really overacting, trying to be like, look at these people, they're so wacky and crazy. Isn't this a funny comedy? But the music is like kind of serious. I'm like, why is the Nazi time machine movie taking itself seriously? I have to get this out of my head. Hey Alex. If this movie had Polly Shore in it, would it be called Wheeze and the Jews? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I had to get it out. I had God to. damn it. Uh, should I cut that? I yes, please. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. You sang Holy Dive Rat me for 20 minutes, and I can't get a joke out of my I'm, I'm going to cut the part where I I'm going to cut the part where I said retarded. So, oh wait, anyway. hang on. <laughs> Josh is going to know something's missing, man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be like, oh, it wasn't as cohesive as usual. It's <laughs> like Gadar for that. <laughs> Leave that in. Okay, so. <laughs> For them is somehow worse. <laughs> hey Chris, what else did you watch, man? Well, I decided, you know, I'd like to go to the theater and not watch something that's a retro classic movie. Maybe watch something that's a current release. So I looked at the current releases and went, oh no. And then I was like, okay, how about I watch The Green Knight? The Green Knight is the latest A24 production. It stars Dev Patel, Joel Edgerton, and everyone else from The Witch. And it was directed I hope you by... Have the music ready. <laughs> I I don't. I was actually going to ask you if you have the sound clip. Maybe we could uh, oh do something God. with it. I I I don't even know where to look. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Look, here's the like, thing. Did we'll I put that on YouTube or? I don't. I don't know if you did. I think you sent it to us last time. But uh, we'll get into what the sound clip is. Okay. All I'm going to say about it is that if we were able to find Stampede, we'll be able to find Green Dabadee Dabada. Oh, dude, alternative jerk of the week. F Parker, fucking, my girl took down the ga the uh, Gabman video. Okay. What? One of us had to have I'm, saved it, right? I'm going to have to figure it I've definitely got it saved somewhere. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay. it's, it is now right. I, so. I, I have Fuck, it somewhere. I, Don't I even knew worry I was forgetting something that I needed okay. to bring up Thank for you. the Thank sake you. of content. Like, this Hero is, of this the is week, more important Parker. than the show. Right. So okay. continue. So I went to go see The Green Knight at uh, the Alamo, and... Like I said, it's an H24 production. It's directed by the creepiest ball guy I've ever seen in my life. And at the pre-show, he's talking about his uh, influences for the film as he stares dead into my eyes from the camera. Some of his influences include movies that I've seen. Um, Willow, for some reason. That movie was terrible. Uh, but other good movies. He actually referenced... Uh, the Passion of Joan of Arc, that's a really good movie. He referenced The Dark Crystal, one of the greatest fantasy movies of all time, and uh, a whole slew of other movies that I was like, oh, I could see how these really come together to form the vision of the Green Knight. And while I've never read the tale, I'm at least somewhat familiar with it, so I'm like, okay, let's watch it. My takeaway is kind of similar to my takeaway for Foxcatcher. This is incredibly well shot, looks gorgeous, it's very well acted, it's very well written, uh, it has wonderful atmosphere, and it has a really good, like, how, how would I put this? What's a word here? It, it's a really good, thought-provoking uh, examination of the idea of honor that I think is somewhat missing from Western media these days. But all that is unimportant compared to the most important takeaway from The Green Knight. It is extraordinarily boring. And I probably should have known that going in, but... Oh my goodness, this is a dull, dull, 
dull movie. You can still have fun with this if this is what you're looking for. If you're looking for one of those moody sort of medieval pieces where there's basically no action, you know, have a blast with this one. But I think most audiences, even though this is actually making somewhat decent money, most audiences are going to come away from this being like, geez, I kind of wish something happened during that movie. Now, there is one more important takeaway than even uh, Alex's story. But well, Alex, if you could tell us about uh, the song that you recorded, the hit single that you produced. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't even remember what class this was for. This was years ago. But we had to do, like, some sort of, like, contemporary framing of, like, one of these, you know, like, seven or eight, like, old-timey poems or something. And uh, uh, Gawain and the Green Knight was one of them. So uh, for this project, I uh, recorded myself singing I'm Blue Dabadee. Except just substituted the word green in for blue every time and turned it in for a grade and got an A. I totally forgot you told me that before. I I remember this story so well. I think you... Oh my god, Alex, I think you may have said this one on uh, Cam, Chris, and Alex talking football. I might have. It's very possible. Because I've actually heard you sing this song, alright? Oh, you've you sent been me the audio at one point. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> who knows, yeah. You might have just turned it in when you recorded it. <laughs> it, was, it was either me or his Uncle Sam Squinch in the booth being like, okay, yeah, it sounds good. I, I vividly shit. remember when I recorded it, because I recorded it on my laptop sitting in my car, because I needed the background music, and so I had to play, uh, I, I had to play it off, like, a karaoke file I found on YouTube, and, like, didn't have anything to record with. <laughs> Like, right. I just this, sit in the parking lot in front of the fucking campus. This is just like your photoshops, including like the white square background. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminds me of when Duo came on to Cam Chris and Alex talking football started and because Cam Cameron had been fired, he started playing the MP3 of celebration. <laughs> like cool in the gang. People. <laughs> I think they won the Super Bowl that year too, so he was right. Anyway, um, one important takeaway from this, uh, Parker, turning my chair to you, uh, there's a guy in the movie who has no lines, but he has a long, scraggly gray beard and like a couple tattoos here, and he's always wearing like a hood, and it was just like, oh, that must be Merlin, the, the mythical like wizard from Arthurian times. And then I realized, he's not drunk and ordering the robot <laughs> dragon transformers around, so it can't be him. Missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm interested in it, but we'll see if I get to a theater in time. If not, that seems like a slow afternoon watch. Yeah, it's it's definitely a slow afternoon watch. I would not huh. spend money on this. I guess like wait for it to come to streaming. Uh, I have to say about a24 <laughs> movies is uh, Alex. I don't know if you said this explicitly before, but I'm kind of getting sick and tired of their aesthetic because it's sort of starting to feel the same over and over again. Maybe it's an overabundance of nature, but, like, I'm starting to get that from, uh, not necessarily The Lighthouse, but, like, Midsummer and this. And there was a trailer for the new A24 movie. It's called Lamb. Uh, Parker, have you heard of this one? I didn't even watch that trailer. It was like, I, I know what this movie is already. I'll yeah, watch it eventually. Yeah, I, this one doesn't look any good to me. Like, I, I'm not saying I have something against A24. I'm usually going to watch their movies because some of their movies are really good. I really like Hereditary. I like The Lighthouse. I really like Uncut Gems. But Midsummer was a big misstep. And this almost feels like they're playing into their own aesthetic or something. And I don't even know if that's, like, a conscious thing. Like, I don't even think they're interfering. I think that the director, who also wrote this thing, had full control over it. And it feels like a passion project. This feels like something that he came up with when he was eight years old and cannot stop thinking about. And he had to put this down on film. 
So I don't know what the studio does, or if the studio's even doing anything. I don't even know. Maybe the studio just said, hey, go nuts, whatever your name is, and just make this. I could be completely wrong, but it's starting to feel like a lot of the A24 movies are all very, very similar in ways that I'm starting to not kind of like. But, you know, who knows? Anyway, like, I don't know. I'm not saying that, like, the trailer for Lamb pissed me off, but it it was like a warning sign. I was like, oh. These movies all seem to feature grass growing a lot, so... (laughs) I definitely hear you on the A24 house style and look, but also if you go back like a couple months ago, we were like, oh my god, thank god for Justice League, a movie that looks different. So, you know. <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that's fair, yeah. Every other movie looks like the same washed over dog shit. Like, yeah, it's fine. Have a lot of slow shots of trees. It's something different. I'll take it. They're not yeah. on a fucking green screen in Atlanta again. Yeah. So, next one I watched was The Mummy. From 1959. Yeah, I had a feeling that we weren't going to get yeah. to have fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's got... <laughs> now, here's a part for, like, all the horror nerds who would be listening to this sort of thing. Oh, they, they're all going, oh, no, it is fun. It's got Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. So next movie I watched, I went to <laughs> theaters. And I was... <laughs> it's it's just boring. If I wanted boring. to see Peter it's... Cushing, I would just go watch Rogue One again. <laughs> Uh, he's in uh, Star Wars, and did you know that? You guys hear about this? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of something to say. Um, no, it's just kind of boring, really. Uh, if you want to watch, have a, a racist comic relief character. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I know this. Peter Parker, there if is you wanna... here. Parker, if you want to like do like an Egyptian voice right now, now is the time. You have the floor. <sighs> no. Damn. <laughs> My turn! It's the only Egyptian I know. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. Never saw uh, this coming. <laughs> okay, so uh, I decided, okay, well, the mummy was terrible. How about I go back to the theater with my good friend Joshua Brody, going to use his last name on this one, to go watch Top Gun, a movie that Josh has somehow never seen. Hell now, yeah, dude. Now, Alex, one of the things that you said to me years and years ago is that, like, Top Gun is one of those movies where if someone says... Hey, I've never seen it. That like you interrupt whatever you're doing. Like, okay, we have to go home and watch it right now. Correct. <laughs> and you're so right on it. Now, this is like my third time watching Top Gun, and I don't know how, but that movie keeps getting better and better and better for me. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about watching it a fourth time. It might be like in my top ten of all time. <laughs> it's every time you go in, like I'm gonna watch Tom Cruise in the silly plane movie, and then by like minute twenty, you're like. Oh, holy shit, this is actually way, way, way better than I remember it being. Exactly. Like One of the things that kind of gets me about Top Gun is I sort of compare it in this sort of way to, like, Big Trouble and Little China. People are like, oh, that cheesy movie. Like, there's some cheesy lines, but it's also an actual good movie. You know, like, the movie actually works in so many ways. And one of the things that's sort of unfortunate about it is so many movies saw it, realized that it worked, realized that it made a lot of money, which is more important, and decided that they would try to copy some of the things that it did. With disastrous results. One of the biggest things that I like about Top Gun is the character of Goose. And, I mean, he's hilarious, he's great, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, 
we've seen that sort of character Chris, happen. It's been thirty five years. You can spoil Top Gun. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm worried if Josh if Josh has never seen it. I think who else might be out there who hasn't seen it? Anyway, I love yeah so people much like that, Josh that you met Josh at a theater and he's seen like seven movies. It's so cool. <laughs> and five of them are B movie. <laughs> I love him so much. Tearing you tickets imagine. every night and be like, oh yeah, I never got to that. It's like you were there at the screen. <laughs> nah, I went home. And we could see him for free too at Regal. Anyway, uh, no, I think he just took the free food. Oh, that explains. Yeah, a lot, that, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You just take the I, whole bag home. Well, bye. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, that's a funny visual. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, like top, like for the character of Goose, a lot of movies have taken that character, like the that comic relief character who meets a tragic end, and sort of ruin it because usually their comic relief characters are unlikable. They're usually played by Rob Schneider. It's like, I don't care if that guy dies, but like this character, I want him to keep on living. When he dies, it's just like, oh, it's not as much fun anymore. So it kind of, I'm not saying that the movie is bad when he dies. I, I will say it's not quite as good as when he's alive, but like when he dies, I feel like a real impact. Like, oh no, I didn't want him to die. I can see why it would affect the main character as much as it's affecting me right now. So, that's that's like a good point in its favor. The other thing that's in its favor is Kelly McGillis, who I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. Uh, I'm sure she, maybe she had like a big TV role or something. But I was just like, you know what? She's actually pretty good in this. I, I'm liking Kelly McGillis. Uh, it's nice seeing Meg Ryan before she uh, was in anything famous. Uh, she does a really good job. She does a really good job with her voice, with her accent. I, I really like it. Uh, obviously, I mean, I don't even need to mention Val Kilmer because, like, everyone already knows his performance in this. I, although I do think it's worth mentioning that he didn't want to be in this movie and still p- turned in the performance of a lifetime. Although I think that the performance is stronger than the character as written. So more credit to Val Kilmer than the people who wrote this. But, uh, yeah, it is tough to watch Top Gun and not walk out and want to enlist as the meat shield. So, uh Josh did say when he was like, "Yeah, that was fucking awesome." Like the first words he said when he stood up out of his chair. Uh, I, I oh yeah, I guess I had a, I said this to Parker off mic. <laughs> Alex, maybe it's a good thing you weren't there. I did invite you along. You were a little bit busy, but uh, Josh, during the the makeout scene where they're playing like the the only thing I don't like about Top Gun is the love theme of Top Gun. Uh, oh, take, it, it look, grows on you over time. Don't worry. Oh, I don't know, dude. Maybe maybe like a it's, fungus. No, it, it comes around. It's, it's so bad that it's good. Dun, 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 dun. I don't I don't I don't like that. Anyway, they're playing that song and while uh, Kelly McGillis and, and Tom Cruise are making out. And two things. First of all, you ever realize that when Tom Cruise looks at a woman that he's about to kiss, that he's looking at her as if he's never seen her before in his life. And the other thing is when they kiss, they are like biting each other's top row of teeth and like licking the back of their gums. And Josh just says out loud for the entire theater to hear, Ew! <laughs> <laughs> and again, everyone laughed. So he just, yeah. he's just the guy. You put him in every single theater. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> it especially owns because that entire fucking scene is a focus group tested reshoot. Like they Are don't you fuck. serious? Yeah, they don't fuck. We need them to fuck. So they called them back. I, I think, like, one or both of them had different hair for different movies. So there's, like, like oh, a very wait. obvious wig in that scene. Like, I, I know that one of the scenes in there that was a very obvious, like, uh, reshoot. It wasn't even, like, a reshoot. It was just, like, uh, an additional shoot. It was the elevator scene where she's wearing the hat because she oh, yeah. had a different hairstyle. She's just like, oh, yeah, hat today. And, like, his hair is a little bit long. Uh, 
Josh had a really good time with the volleyball scene, uh, where we were just it's like, so oh, okay, good. Yeah, we're doing this, yeah, you know. Uh, although, I have to say, my favorite part that I keep forgetting about is the coffee guy. <laughs> we need that guy in every movie. It's such a good gag. He's the schlamazel and the schlamiel at the same time. It, it's like, like I see that guy's face and I'm immediately pumped that the tower is about to get buzzed. Like, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, like where he is, what the context is. It's like, fuck yeah, dude, here we go. It's it's one of those uh, fun things to know. It's like if you were in the military, that'd be like the first and last thing you'd do. Yeah. <laughs> Him, him storming out of his own office, bumping into someone else who's carrying coffee, getting it all over himself, and screaming, I want butts! <laughs> Look, I, okay, I know that we, I know we say that we shouldn't do, like, actual good movies, but, like, we could probably make an episode out of Top Gun, you One know? One million percent. Like, like well, Top Gun does sort of present, like, this weird thing to me where, uh... I, I think I mentioned that it's kind of like with football. I like talking about movies, not necessarily about the discourse around movies, but sometimes right. you have to talk about both. And when it comes to Top Gun, I think it's important to talk about the surrounding discourse on movies because so many people are just like, oh, you want to see this cheesy movie from the 80s where they play these three songs over and over again and it's kind of gay? You know, actually watch the movie. The movie works and it works better than most movies. It's, it's actually really, really good. So, uh, and it's, honestly, it's a technical marvel. It looks so good. And it took some real work to make this work. And maybe that's the same thing I keep coming back to. Where it's like, you know, if I can see the work that you put into it, I'm going to be a lot kinder to you. One final thing is, just like I texted you, Alex, the one problem with Top Gun, besides, I'm trying to remember, is... After you've watched Top Gun, everything you see and do afterwards is going to be significantly less cool by comparison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's just, like... It's so hard to walk out of that movie and not do 90 miles an hour the whole way home. Like, it's... Yeah. It's like, what movie am I going to put on when I get home after that? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to read a book, you know? I can just... The most I can hope to do is, like, either I'm going to work out or I'm going to toss and turn in my bed, you know? It's like, fuck, man. Is there another show I get Top Gun tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That, I have to admit, that, that was the one where uh, they showed the Top Gun 2 trailer beforehand, and uh, I think Josh was like, oh, I don't know. It was like, I was like... Trust me on this one. <laughs> You're gonna end up wanting to see this. <laughs> if there's if there's one thing that like like it's like I don't even remember like what the premise is, who's in it. I just know that Tom Cruise is gonna fly a real plane, and therefore I have to be there opening night, seeing it on the biggest screen I can possibly find. Like, uh, although I have to admit, he is sort of approaching the age where he looks a little bit like Tignataro. So, <laughs> <laughs> recurring guest on this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of my old time favorite riffs. Is that they ticked a tar her son in there. Anyway, uh, uh, one more here. Um, oh, this fucking movie. Um, the other Alex, I, I went over to Alex's apartment in Baltimore to help clean, and she was like, I have a movie to uh, for you. I'm going to lend it to you, and I would like you to review it. It's called There's Nothing Out There. And uh, she said That's it's a bullshit, trauma movie. Sir. I'm going to uh, take her word on it uh, because I, I didn't really see like a trauma uh, image on there. Or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe she didn't say trauma. Maybe she was talking about something else. But I assume she was saying that this is a trauma movie. Uh, anyway, I watched it and 
you guys remember Scream? Remember Cabin in the Woods? Well, yeah. it's uh, it's doing that, but at a significantly lower budget, and it's doing it five years before Scream. Uh, ordinarily, I'd say, oh, good, a horror comedy that doesn't work. Yikes. But I have to be a little kind to it, because this was, I believe, written and directed by an 18-year-old. So... Look, we've, we've all done things that we're not proud of when we were 18, you know? So, Are you like, kidding me? You should see my gamer score. <laughs> <laughs> Just not the gamer tag. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I got nothing else to say. Alex, what did you watch? That's going to be I better mean, than anything I've ever said. I mean, yeah. back it stuck on you, my gamer tag was... <laughs> Hey, Matt, what's the F stand for? (laughs) (laughs) Well, family. (laughs) Thank you. But also. Um, So I only watched one thing this week. As uh, Chris mentioned earlier when he was talking about that Nazi movie, uh, we were discussing some films you could find on YouTube, uh, you know, after we were done recording last week. Really the segue (laughs) I was hoping for. (laughs) And I stumbled on a movie called Ring of Steel. Now let me give you the setup for Ring of Steel. I almost watched this. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, we have our main character, who is, like, an Olympic-level fencer with one of the longest mullets I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he's at the fencing championships, or fucking whatever, fighting in the finals. His sword, like, twists in a weird way and breaks, goes directly in, like through his opponent's mask into his eye, kills him. Uh, so the guy's, you know, he's like, oh man, you know, this is so awful, like, blah blah blah, I need, like, time to get past this. You know, it, like, like, takes his time to recover, goes to the funeral, comes back to see his coach. His coach is just like, yeah man, you killed that guy, I don't want to train you anymore. So he's like, fuck, I guess I can't be a fencer anymore. Goes out to drink his troubles away, gets jumped by a bunch of dudes who are trying to rob him or whatever only to be thwarted by the arrival of a luxury car driven by Joe Dodd Baker with a pimp cane and, like, a fucking felt hat. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, come join me at my underground fighting tournament place. It pays really well. You'll enjoy yourself. So he goes, you know, he fights a little bit, gets gets some of the glory, you know, he's like, yeah, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this. He's got, there's, like, the wet blanket girlfriend character who's like no you should definitely not fight to the death in this ring of steel that would be a terrible idea but he's like no 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 it's cool like they love me here i'm getting lots of money and attention so they go down to the basement to like train and stuff <laughs> and this fucking 350 pound larping nerd shows up and goes i want to be in your sword fighting tournament so they just murder him <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moment where the guy's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm in too deep. Oh fuck, oh shit. And so like he tries to get out, they kidnap his girlfriend, and it's like, no, no, no. You just have to you just have to fight your way through this tournament in order to get away with your life. Um <laughs> It's just full of like the shittiest, like it's not like the sword fights are poorly choreographed, it's just like the, like, the, the core conceit of this movie is, like, fencing. So, it's not like you're seeing people get decapitated and shit. It's like, aha, aha, like, dudes, like, pinging each other with these tiny-ass swords. Except for the one crazy violent guy who also has a mullet. Who hates our main character and tries to kill him, setting up the climactic battle. Um, it's not great. 
Uh, there's there's a little something for everyone in there. Parker, you'll be happy to hear that one of the detectives that's investigating the underground fighting ring is Bob from that 70s show, which did a <laughs> lot for me. <laughs> no fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I was this close to watching that this week. God damn it. Look, it's... By the standards of like all of this like early '90s direct to DVD trash that I talk about, it's definitely skippable. But also, if you know, you know. Like, <laughs> if you want to see the the underground fencing to the death tournament movie with all of the people that I just told you about, <laughs> then uh, it's on YouTube, dude. Go for it. Wait, wait, wait! Don't answer this. But I'm kind of wondering if Joe Don Baker's like cane is like one of those sword canes, <gasps> buddy. Oh my God. He literally pulls out the sword cane in his first 15 seconds on screen. Oh my god. Parker. <laughs> How do you think he scares off the muggers? <laughs> yeah, of course. Why wouldn't there be muggers? How silly of me. I bet that Joe Dobb Baker guy's got a lot of money on him. <laughs> that, let's pick the really greasy guy. Can't shake down Mitchell. Not in this neighborhood. <laughs> Go head on. It's your move. <laughs> There's like uh like he he you know it's the fighting tournament movie and so he like befriends one of the other fighters who's like the comic relief character and like they have this like big choreographed fight where like haha look how much fun we're having entertaining the people I wish it could all be like this because you know the guy's about to get murdered by the bad guy in the next scene and uh, his death scene is <laughs> literally <laughs> he gets stabbed in the back he turns to the guy he's fighting and goes hey man great fight. Not and then falls over dead. <laughs> Wait, he actually busts out the knot? Yes. Holy shit. Party on Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking owns, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, Parker, I expect to be hearing about Ring of Steel from I'm you in a little bit. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> like everybody else, you're good. Parker, just let me know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we will talk at great length about it. All right. And with that, I yield my time to you. Go ahead, buddy. So, uh, in Shinjuku, Japan, the devil shake occurred. <laughs> this is the third time we've talked about this podcast. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Watching, these were the last two movies I watched back-to-back. This and No Retreat, No Surrender. And I've never been more confused watching any movies. I'm like, wait, how did we get here? Who is this? Why does she sound like this? <laughs> Parker, before we go any further, again, not trying to make fun of your voice or anything, but you understand what I mean when I said that waitress sounds like what I assume your bob sounds like. I don't understand why. Why, you were you looking for all the catch of the diary, young man? <laughs> gotta put down that lot. game boy, gotta focus on basketball. <laughs> it must have been so fun in the 90s. We're like, alright, we have three people on payroll. Uh, there's another character. Hey, do that do that thing you do. Alright, cool. That's the waitress. <laughs> hey, make fun of the secretary real quick. <laughs> it is incredibly good. I love that the whole movie just builds up to a climax where he just swings a sword once in the air and the baggage goes and rips apart and dies. <laughs> and then the movie's over. <laughs> I love all the weird fucked up little demons that scurry about. I was a big fan of all those. Okay, not I'm a big gonna... fan of the child. 
Not a big fan of Shut Up Before You Ask. <laughs> Nothing will ever truly top Japan in the 90s. This right? shit is next level high art. <laughs> like, I watched it last night. That's how I started my birthday. Like, at 1230. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I should, probably, I should probably watch this, huh? I don't remember. I mean, I remember it, but I could not tell you any plot progressions. The movie just opens with a guy sword fighting someone and then opens <laughs> the devil's shake. And it's just like, alright, ten years later, there's demons everywhere, but only here. Fuck you. Can we just also talk about the ending line that he says that it's like, damn, this bitch is crazy, and then it just ends. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kills the eternal demon that goes, ah, oh, damn bitch, you live like this? And then anime music plays. <laughs> They're lying really to the good. same bed. He looks over. He can see like just an inch of the San Andreas fault right here. He's just <laughs> like, "What is this stupid cunt thinking? I'm going to fucking go insane next to her." It just sleeps on the floor. <laughs> she, this what? She want me to fuck her all night? I gotta sleep down here. He, I, I'm pretty sure he legit says, "Has she never had a man fuck her brains out before?" God, <laughs> he's like the worst protagonist. <laughs> He's oh yeah, like he really is most, actually pretty shitty. The most white bread dude. Also, this is like the eighth anime I've watched where the ghost of an old man shows up and is like, hey, you have to go fight the demon. He's like, I don't I wanna. <laughs> Alright. Uh, we'll talk about uh, ghosts helping out our we protagonist. sure will. <laughs> Absolutely will. Uh, Parker, you watch anything else? Well, Alex, when you get more time, we will discuss the Woodstock 99 documentary. In <sighs> oh, I, I downloaded it too. and. Many things to say when we get to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a little something special. I've never heard anything from Woodstock 99. I have no experience, no history of it, nothing. So <laughs> I'm hope I've heard this like it's best to go in not knowing anything because some people already know the stories. Uh, I've I heard it's say, uh, pretty rough. <laughs> I will burn one thing because I saw someone else tweet it too, and they're way more popular than me. The jump cut from 1999 offspring to 2021 offspring. It's, it's kind of rough. It, it, uh, it'll wake you up. It'll shake you loose. Uh, there's one uh, thing I really want to talk about. Because back in uh, the old teenage days, shocker of all shocks, I listened to a lot of metal. So uh, I've seen Metallica Some Kind of Monster, but just back when it came out, I had not seen it since. You guys. <laughs> This is literally the fucking Hitchcock thing of, like, if you're in the audience and you know that there's a bomb under the table, it's the most suspenseful shit in the world. Because you're watching it. It's two and a half hours of the biggest band on the planet at their lowest point. Like, everyone's at rock bottom. They record for, like, a hundred-something days, and then James just gone like that, goes to rehab, is gone for, like, six months. No one sees him. Everyone in the band thinks, like, even if he comes back, he just might not be himself. Like, this might be it. This is after Napster. This is after Load and Reload, where everyone already calls them sellouts. This is after them shaving their heads. And you watch them struggle to get through all of this and overcome these hurdles. And you're watching knowing the fucking endgame of this is, My lifestyle determines my death style. <laughs> like, all of this. They are... Like the rawest look at a band I've ever seen in my life, knowing that the end game is one of the most dog shit albums in existence. Wait, is it that is, the same album with like I'm in anger with you or something? Oh, I am madly in anger with you, Chris. Why do you ask? 
<laughs> now wait a second, Parker. You know, most like band documentaries. First of all, most band documentaries are just like, hey, here's this concert footage with like some interviews. Like, yeah, so like oh, I wrote these songs. Hey, you just performed them. Oh, yeah. you know, I just played songs. You never wrote any of them. Like, it's usually like a very positive. It's like it is good to be this band. This doesn't sound like the best portrayal of the band. Why would they put this out here? So. This all started way back when was going to be like a little infomercial kind of thing. They hired the crew that did the Paradise Lost movies about the West Memphis Three. The two of them were also having a little dispute. Because you might remember, one of the two went off to make Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. And that didn't go well. (laughs) So uh, they were kind of at odds with each other. Their thing was they were going to film like two little hour-long like infomercials. Like, hey, you can buy all of our shit through here and we're making a new album. And then, like, immediately, Jason, the longtime bass player that replaced Cliff, quit the band. So now they're like, okay, so we don't have a band yet. Let's just keep filming. And it keeps going, and they keep filming, and they try a whole new style. They've got the fucking therapist there that they're paying 40 k a month. And you're watching these grown-ass men who cannot put their egos aside. And you just know the entire time. That the outcome is frantic, insane anger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many of you have listened to that album all the way through. I've done it once. Alex, my friend, you are very outspoken on how much you do not care for guitar solos. So let me put it to you this way. There are no guitar solos on that album. Also, every song is like seven minutes long. Jesus Christ. It is agonizing. Let me put it to you this way. So this album comes out, like, let me see, I wrote it down. That album comes out in 2003. Their last, like, actual album reload was in 97. So people are just fucking chomping at the bit. They tour their new album. They play two songs off St. Anger that entire tour. They were still playing the fucking song they wrote for Mission Impossible 2. (laughs) That's how bad that fucking album is, dude. And every single step of this, you're just watching knowing, like, yeah. It's like one of the biggest disasters in music history. And you're watching them like... There are so many bands that have been just as big and have split up for way less. Like, you watch it with hindsight knowing that they do fine. Like, St. Anger sucks, but it also opens at number one in like 30 countries. They make better albums. It's fine, but like... Yeah, they go on to record Lou Reed. You know, everything's okay. Oh. Oh boy! <laughs> Sorry about your birthday, Parker. <laughs> oh man, that's another one. That was a difficult afternoon getting through that. Yeah. One. But like every one of the band was legitimately thinking, like this is it. Like at one point, they Kirk's like, "Yeah, I'd visited him up in rehab," and Lars just asked him flat out, "Like, does that guy in there look like the kind of guy that can go on stage and play the thing that should not be?" Like, no, absolutely not. It's like <laughs> even if he gets out of rehab, like that just might be it. Because it's been those same three since the first album. It has been them since fucking Kill Em All. We get a reunion with Dave Mustaine, who you might remember as the founder of Megadeth, was unceremoniously dumped from the band for being too drunk. Also, they were all too drunk all the time. It is like the middle of the movie, James comes back from rehab, and now the whole band's having to adjust to his recovery. And it's very bumpy. Because one of his rules is like, alright, we can work from 12 to 4 and then I'm out of here. Because, like, I'm trying to recover, not drink, like, get my family life back together. So, like, it shows on the bottom of the camera, like, day 450-something. 
and they're like actually getting a song together they're working out lyrics they're like you can see like when the band's in the flow and like everyone's bouncing off each other and the producer's like oh by the way guys it's a quarter to four and he's like all right i have to head out and you can just feel the tension in the room of like this is the most progress they've made in over a year and he just has to leave and you know they're all so mad and then you watch them all argue about it and to call them selfish and then you just know the fucking end of it is same anger around my neck you flush it out <laughs> like alex you could probably name five metallica songs if but that, you yeah. know what yeah. Saint Anger is. Oh, one like, million percent. Dude. It is. It transcends genre, taste. It's one of the most notoriously shitty albums ever. And yeah. they filmed them for 700 days. Dude, I'm the same way. I can name, I think only three uh, Metallica songs. But, like, even then, like, I know of Saint Anger. I know its yeah, like, legendary status in the metal is, community. A monolith of dog shit. <laughs> and just watching them go through, like, Lars... Like, it's been Lars and James since day one. Like, they were, like, 16, 17, trying to put a band together. And watching Lars realize in real time, like, oh, yeah, we were just drunk every night all over the world. And now that he's sober, I don't think we really know each other. Like, watching a lifelong friendship maybe end because turns out they're really different people when they're not just drunk on the road. And then the outcome is frantic, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> it is, dude. After all the Zappa albums that I've assigned you in the game of games, you've never assigned me Saint Anger. I appreciate your pity. It's, I mean, there's nothing there, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, because the thing everyone always points to is like, oh yeah, the drums. Spoilers: they listen to them play it live. <laughs> Still sucks ass. It is. What's the what's the deal it. with the drums on Saint Anger? Oh, buddy, it just sounds like trash cans. Oh, which is another misguided thing. Like, yeah, we're gonna go you know back to our back to our roots, back to the garage. It's like you made that album, you made it in a garage. Yeah. You can't yeah. go back. Like Metallica wasn't just a big metal band; they were a humongous band. Period. Full stop. You can't go back to. We're gonna take it back to our roots as we rent out a fucking like army base to record in. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little bit sick and tired of people saying, oh, we're going to bring this back to its roots. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, uh, music or movies or video games or whatever. Bring it back to its roots. I don't know. I kind of like progress every once yeah. in a while. What's so it's wrong about that? It's just code for, hey, you hated our last thing, so we're going to do the thing you like again. Yeah, that's Without that's understanding true. why that thing was liked by people. Yeah. But, like, when you see fucking Lars Ulrich with his hair dyed blonde like Eminem laying on his couch, he's pointing at paintings and going, you know, like, when is a song done? When's a record done? You can't not hate him. And then you watch them spend (laughs) the better part of two years recording one of the worst albums ever made. What he did to Twister was... Sorry. Well, and by by the way... Two, you don't realize how long ago 2003 was until you watch this fucking documentary. Because in your head is like, I was like, what, like 10 years ago? And then you see James roll in wearing a fucking a Von Dutch wife beater with a West Coast Choppers beanie. And you're like, oh yeah, that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> Him cutting the vocals to frantic while wearing a giant Guy Fieri button-down fire shirt. Oh, so good. Dude, bring that back. 
And also, it sent me down a rabbit hole because they mentioned at the end that they're doing the MTV Icon Show, which of course led to me googling Avril Lavigne performing Fuel, which is <laughs> the thing that happened on TV. Did she really do that? Oh hell yeah, she did, dude. Uh, yeah, even if you don't care about Metallica, it is fascinating. Just I might have to watch everyone this. pour out. It's on Netflix too, which I didn't realize, which is even better. Just pouring out their hearts and souls, like. It's coming back from truly everyone in that band felt like, hey, this shit passed us by. Like, new metal's huge. Like, no one gives a shit about these old bands. Like, they really felt like it was all over. And then they persevered with insane anger and frantic. So, yeah, some kind of monster. Strong recommend, dude. Real good. Jeez. It's fun hearing them piece together these songs and be like, they've never played any of these live ever once. <laughs> they just, these songs don't exist. They were thrown in the trash. And one of the weird defenses you hear from fans is like, this song had to happen for them to move on. And I always did the jack-off motion. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. But I, I kind of buy it. Just like watching the headspace they're all in progress throughout the movie. It's like, yeah, man, sometimes you just got to dump out all your feelings, whether it's good or bad, and then you can move on because... Well, it sounds like, I, I don't know the history of Metallica anywhere near as you do, or or like their discography or anything, but it sounds like it needed to happen for them to move on for their own personal lives, but it doesn't sound like their discography ever got any better after this. I like their last album, but that's a... That's oh, I didn't know they had a last for album. another time. I have to they admit, I, I thought their last album was the one with Lou Reed, and I thought they were just like, yeah, I guess we're just not making music anymore. <laughs> that would be a fair conclusion to take from that, but... Yeah... <laughs> I think I heard like the I think I heard like eight seconds excerpt of one song. And I, I I was laughing too hard to hear the rest. I too am the table, Chris. <laughs> uh, look forward to you watching it and talking to me all about Lars's dad, the giant Danish man with a white beard that goes down to his titties. He is the coolest. <laughs> Enough about right. my uncle. That should do. <laughs> he probably also has some thoughts about January 6th He also probably stole my fit <laughs> Okay, are we uh, are we ready to record uh, no. our takes? I gotta pee, sorry <laughs> So, the credits start And that's always like a good sign when we're talking about a movie We have something to say about the opening credits But this movie stars a guy named J.W. Fails and immediately just uh, that goes right to the nose. I'm like, that's a note in itself. And uh, <laughs> turns out he's the black guy named RJ. We'll get to him <laughs> we, in a little yeah, bit. The we, fuck yes, he we. is named RJ. <laughs> Whatever. One of my favorite things here is like the last credit on here is Anne. So he's relegated to Anne status. Jean Claude Van Damme as Ivan the Russian. Correct. Uh, Five stars. And. <laughs> I believe his character, if you go to the Wikipedia, his, his name is like Ivan Polarski. So it's like, you got first name is Russian, last name is Polish, and this guy is from Brussels. Uh, just like pick and choose, mix and match with our uh, countries era. of origin here. All those anyway, Europeans I, are the same, it's fine. I have to admit, I was uh, looking up online, someone told me that this was Jean-Claude Van Damme's first movie. That's not actually accurate, he was in a couple other movies. In fact, he was in a movie, I believe it was called Monaco or something like that, and he played a character that's credited as Gay Karate Man. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> so, uh, he had, he had like, other movies before this. You have all those credits, like, when you hit play, the only production company you see is 
Seasonal Films Corporation, which I can only assume is a mob front. That cannot be real. That probably bodes well, you know. Uh, this was two, three years before uh, he was in Bloodsport, so I guess this is the movie that got him noticed, you know. So a big shot Hollywood director is just like, ah, that one guy kicks pretty high. We can put him in uh, Bloodsport. Well, <laughs> according to the lore, he literally kicked a dude out cold on set. We will get to that. So. We will absolutely get to that. So the IMDb uh, trivia for this movie that no one talks about is insane. I, was I know. Not expecting oh, this is like this is always my favorite thing is when you find a movie on IMDb that no one's ever actually seen before, but the trivia is just like its own thing. You know, you're just scrolling. You're like, wait, they sued him for what? For next, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. So uh, also, we should talk about uh, the writer of this movie who uh, did not direct it. This is directed by a Chinese gentleman. But the guy who wrote this was, uh, he was trying to get work, I think as an actor, in Hong Kong in movies. And uh, some he was shopping around like, hey, let me be in your movie, let me be in your movie, let me be in your movie. And all the production companies in uh, in Hong Kong were just like, no, come on, fuck off. One guy, one really rich guy, was just like, hey, uh, you know anything about scripts? He's like, yeah, of course. He'd never seen a script in his life. And they're just like, okay, we want a script. All right, give us a script for a movie. He's just like, uh, and he wrote one in five days. And uh, and uh, this is uh, this is what he came up with. Now, to be fair, as Parker mentioned, this was constantly being rewritten and re-edited. So uh, some parts may not match his original vision. So uh, who knows? Goddamn uh, studio interference again! I know, Why can't we right? have more Zack Snyder's out there? Right, that's what I keep saying. So uh, the movie begins in one of those like you know street side dojos. With a whole bunch of trophies out there up front being like, look, we win competitions, so you should join our dojo. And here's a reason why I don't get into, like, martial arts dojos. I was thinking about joining, like, a Silat dojo uh, right before the pandemic hit, so I, I guess I lucked out. But, like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, you're a total newbie, so you're going to be with, like, the kids, too. Like, I, I didn't, it wasn't like, like um... Michael and uh, the, the nerdy guy from The Office, you know, they're like with all the little kids doing like their karate moves and stuff. And it's never illustrated better than in this movie where there's a guy who's like six foot four with a Heihachi mustache facing off against eighth graders. <laughs> like, who wants? I don't want to be that kid's. I don't want to be that guy's practice partner. Those kids are intense. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> are. <a> problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's always like, okay, here's uh, your exercise is to just to go hike. Hi, hi, hi! Which honestly, Parker, no offense to you, you did like Taekwondo. Honestly, I think I could do that. <laughs> Probably. I yeah. mean, if I could do it, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like the fucking homework and participation grade of karate. Like, you got to get to those exactly. belts somehow. You don't actually yeah. get to fight anybody. It's just like, yeah, just uh, I got my stripes. Just do some drills, <laughs> yeah. man. Cool. Yeah, I memorized the form. I did my sparring. Yeah. Give me the next belt color, dickhead. My mom's <laughs> <paying> good money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we see the guy who is going to end up being our hero, although we definitely don't know that yet. Is like, okay, uh, just drill this whatever kick move with each other, and all of a sudden he he gets blood in his eye, like metaphorically, and he just goes ultra instinct on his sparring partner. It just goes full Jeet Kune Do, punches him in the ribs like a hundred and eight times, and does like the whole Bruce Lee. Whoa! <laughs> over like Real his love. like comatose body and his sensei who I guess is his dad I, yes. I think that's his dad comes up to him and is just like hey 
You're not Bruce Lee, who invented Jeet Kune Do. This is a karate gym. Use karate moves. Doesn't even check to see if that kid is breathing and walks away. <laughs> it has the exact same energy as fucking Tommy Lee's Bloodlust in Best of the Best. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> oh, I man. hated the tryhard kid in my karate class so much. Oh, like, you really We're just here to. after school. Like, goddamn, yeah. man. Quit. We're just sparring. Like, it's 530. Can you not try and break my fucking nose? <laughs> Kid. I hope he's miserable. <laughs> I hope he's getting uh, chased around by anti-karate thugs. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. Do not get ahead of me. So I gotta say about this, uh, uh, it's just an unrelated statement, Crystal. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now Parker, I know you took Taekwondo. Did you ever take like karate, karate, sir? It was a mix of everything. Yeah, you're just into. Okay. He's a well, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't set up the fucking school at <laughs> 10. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of Kendo. Anyway, so... Uh, create a character I was, set over I, here. I, I, was, I was saying all this because I don't want to offend you when I say that karate looks kind of lame. You know, Correct. and I think I said that... I said that during, like, Best of the Best, and maybe during Best of the Best too. but karate for a while was, like, a big thing. And I think part of that reason was because, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Although they don't really use karate. They just use, like, pointed weapons, you know? So, yeah, it's uh, like the opposite. It's a lot karate, of talk. Dude. Yeah, it's someone who's never seen karate combat. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, so like uh, karate for a while was like the big thing in the '90s. It was like you know everything was getting into it. But I gotta say, it wasn't the most like filmable thing. Honestly, Jeet Kune Do looks better. Whatever Jackie Chan is doing looks a lot better. So uh, I was gonna say it's like this looks like the lamest martial art, and then Jean Claude Van Damme comes into the establishment <laughs> in a white suit. I gotta tell you, like, we can make as many jokes about him as we want, but that guy looks really good when he does a... He looks really good when he does a jumping spin kick. It's... I love everything about this fucking scene. Like, he walks in, we got the fucking Weasley mob boss, the, the, the fucking karate dad, maybe the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. He's, he he's pretty bad. Like, you could talk about the scene for five minutes and not even mention that the other karate goon looks exactly like Sasha Baron Cohen. I was about to say. It is so distracting. He looked like like if Prince had a shitty haircut. Okay? He had, like, I swear he had as much guy liner as Prince did. Uh, Chris, this, this is probably a reference for literally only the three of us, but... You know Unforgotten VCR when he shows the promos for that one fucking wrestler? Like, the, the wrestler that's, like, talking about how he's going to go to Japan and beat everybody up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is, like, literally the exact same energy as the fucking Karate Dad. <laughs> I'm glad you're still watching it like I am, man. <laughs> like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but, like... <laughs> well, anyway, uh, some mob guys come in, and uh, apparently... Some people, I guess these mob guys, have been using dojos as fronts for criminal organizations. <laughs> I, 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 what? This, <laughs> Parker. Are, is, like, the kids <laughs> drug mules or something? No, I'm, dude, I'm, it's, it's like in Ninja 2 where they were smuggling heroin out in those little <laughs> Chinese dolls. <laughs> I think it was Ninja 2. It could have been Ninja 1. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, it's like, these have been fronts for criminal organizations. I was just like, that feels like a Batman episode. But before I can expand on that thought, uh, they're just like, hey, you have to accept our offer. I'm like, oh, his offer is probably to, like, transfer heroin in little Chinese dolls. And they just start spin-kicking each other. I'm like, okay, it looks pretty shitty. Then Jean-Claude Van Damme jumps off a dude's back 
and spin kicks hit this guy, and I'm pretty sure, canonically, actually kicks him right in the chops. Dude. So. <laughs> he knocks that dude the fuck out. I'm like, yeah, I guess leave it. Looks cool. <laughs> this is... I'm pretty sure they got that one on film, but they're just like, no, he can't stand right now for a second Weird. take. <laughs> Weird. It says here in my notes, let's get inside the mind of a Greg Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, got to kick that shit. (laughs) Okay, so uh, he kicks him so hard he's maimed for the rest of this movie's run. I know that's the thing. I'm pretty sure again. I'm pretty sure he gets kicked in the chops and he's walking with a limp. So (laughs) this did something with like his inner ear. (laughs) He shattered his hip or something. It was literally, I'm gonna kick you so hard your grandma feels it. And he gets kicked in the head and just lives around the whole movie like, oh my boy, you can't be getting in fights, I told you. I told you about the karate fight. I mean, to be fair, I can understand his perspective. Anyway, so the kid sees it and goes, no! And rushes at uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and like punches in. Jean-Claude Van Damme does this with his hair. He goes like, and the guy's like, ah! Oh, I got this other <laughs> he's stuck like this. And I have to admit, I was like laughing really hard. I was just like, wait, was Jean-Claude Van Damme trying to be the next Jackie Chan? Because I think he might be able to do that shit. It turns out, no, the kid is just like, his hands just kind of hurt for a little bit. But he's not maimed like his father who can't walk. So uh, <laughs> time passes. Like around this movie because he got kicked so hard. Again, I'm pretty sure he got kicked in the head and something happened with his inner ear so he can't walk without going, ah! It's the the mafia. Like, just tell me he got shot in the knee or something. Like, they need a karate He gets kicked in the head so hard that he spends the movie walking like Charlie in the episode where they think they're giving him smart pills. (laughs) Oh, son, I'm growing quite weary. We must go home. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> fuck that just reminded me of the scene later where we see his dad bartending. <laughs> yeah, this movie. Rules we'll get to it. we'll get to that. We got to get to that. So actually, so believe it or not, uh, no. Okay, I'll say this later. So anyway, they they got their asses kicked so bad that they moved from Los Angeles to Seattle. So <laughs> to leave town. You ever get embarrassed so hard that you just quit your job and pack up all your shit? I honestly, dude, I was like, well, there's got to be some reason they're going to Seattle. I guess what got cut in the editing room was like, oh, this is the only way we can ex- we can escape the New York karate mob. Who is moving God, in the other coast, <laughs> Is moving in on the L.A. karate territory. Like, yeah, so if they go up to Seattle where things are oh, a little bit Oh, this is quieter, L.A. karate, huh? You think yeah. L.A. karate's better? <laughs> we will get to that. And so they get out of their station wagon with a U-Haul behind them. They start unloading things. And uh, the kid playfully... First of all, this kid looks like one of the, the fucking Brady Bunch. Tosses a, a crutch to his head like, Here you go, old man. I think you can limp out of you. Shut the fuck up, kid. And it's like, okay. And he opens up the U-Haul and starts a little stuff. Goes into the garage and immediately sets up like his Helga G. Pataki shrine to Bruce Lee. <laughs> and <laughs> Insane. This, look, I gotta tell you something. I, and I, I think I mentioned this actually on the Discord. I actually really like Bruce Lee. I, I'm like a big, big fan. I got a bunch of his books. I've seen all of his movies multiple times. I love Bruce Lee. This is sick. 
Okay? <laughs> this is sick. He just <laughs> takes the whole ass basement like, yeah, this is mine now. Right, Dad? You'll park in the driveway. Fuck yeah, you me. don't have to do projects. He's just has like the entire fucking, it's a Bruce Lee shrine. He's, he built his head out of bubble gum and has candles everywhere. <laughs> Dad, I'm reading my Bruce Lee magazines. Frig off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does, like, an accidental, like... Does he do, like, a spin kick and accidentally destroys an entire shelf? So, uh... Sure so he's over there, and, uh... How are we going to talk about this character? RJ! <laughs> about the fact that we have multiple scenes at Bruce Lee's grave. We'll get to they that. They pass by it once, and you're like, oh, that's weird to just show that in the middle of this moving montage. Oh. Hope that well, I don't know how they got permission... <laughs> I don't know how they got permission to do this, but anyway. Uh, RJ, the local black kid, comes over <laughs> to play. It is the only way to describe him. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I mean, Parker and I were talking about, like, Derek comedy sketches beforehand. Yeah. This fucking it's like... I'm the new kid. I like to break dance. <laughs> but like another instance where the trivia is just so bountiful of information. Can we meet this kid and, and he's just skateboarding around? Like, oh, I guess this is big at the time. And then he's dancing. And then you read the trivia. It's like, oh yeah, he didn't actually know how to skateboard or dance. He just lied. But they just hired a double to film it anyway. Yeah. Like, we cannot lose the skateboarding scene. So they hired two separate... There's no other black people in the movie. They had to go find someone. We... So what does RJ stand for? If Josh was here, he would say really Jewish. Uh, but uh, turns out the kid just... The, he's like, oh, what does RJ stand for? The kid says out like his full name, like Junior the Fourth. I'm just like... I was asking what the R and the J stand for. I don't give a shit about your surname. You live in a different neighborhood. The fruit of my Nice to meet you, man. (laughs) (laughs) That joke's gonna kill with two of our listeners. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) One of them's gonna be me when I'm editing. Anyway, so uh, he comes over, and I gotta tell about, like, the way that they're filming this. So, like... (laughs) <laughs> the initial scene where it's like they're fighting in like the dojo, it's like it kind of feels like a 70s martial arts movie, which means to say it looks like shit. But I didn't expect it to look like shit in this other like it really does feel like a Brady Bunch episode when this kid comes over. It's just like, hey, man, let's let's kick it in the hood. Yo, I got mad hops. And, and he's like, <laughs> do like the dribbling. He's like, oh, look at me. I can dribble a basketball between my legs. You know, it's like really blowing everyone's mind. Like, huh, you're really with it, son. And uh, it's Bet like, you can't bust of... a rhyme, though. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he does this rap breakdance sort of thing together. It's... I, it's, it's just the wildest thing. And then <laughs> it's... we have to talk about the best character in the movie. <laughs> we see the black kid walking into our main, our protagonist, who, for the sake of the viewers, is white, uh, his garage or whatever, be like, hey, welcome to the he neighborhood. karate, of course and he's white, man. There's And there's this guy across the street, this enormous guy, has to weigh 400 pounds, eating an entire cake. <laughs> he's like, he's palming it. Staring him down as he shoves cake into his he's, mouth the way a Philly fan eats horse shit. He, he doesn't even have a fork. He's just grabbing handfuls of cake and frosting it. Just like, 
Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady thought he could beat us. <laughs> he's fucking holding it like he's holding that yellow cake and just digging in with one hand. <laughs> I've never seen this in my life. Like I've seen every like think about all the like the cartoons of the nineties. There's always like that fat kid trope, you know, it's like, oh the fat kid, he loves to eat, he's a great goalie. Like this is like <laughs> this is extreme. <laughs> this is extreme. Like the guy eats just an entire cake. Not even like a plate or a table just Huh. He just walks out of his Safeway, goes up to his like that one. It's like, oh, like who's a birthday boy? Me. It's like he watched he watched Francis and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Went, well, that's a little too subdued for my taste. I was gonna say, I have to really take this one for a walk if you don't mind. He's just Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So, and uh, he just doesn't, like, I have to, okay, so here's one of the problems, and you actually can read through the trivia of, like, why he hates the black kid, but he really doesn't like the black kid. And my first thought was, oh my god, he's gonna say it. Dude, it's so in play for this whole It is, like, that close. I'm just like, now what are you doing in here, you kid? And I'm like, if that if that kid had knocked his large adult cake out of his hands, he's he's, he's spinning a verse of his own. <laughs> he, really, he really is. Like he's just like, oh, what does he think he's doing? Playing with that Bruce Lee kid. You're just like, like what is going on here? So I'll spoil the joke for everyone at home. Apparently, the scene that they filmed and cut was. When they were at school together, I don't even think we see the interior of a school in this, uh, the black kid accidentally tripped the fat kid, whose name is Scott, we might as well call him by his Christian name. I will uh, not. And he, he tripped and he spilled soda all over himself. Urgh, now I'm all sticky, I want to drink <laughs> these six sodas. <laughs> and so but now he said, hates him. <laughs> that scene does not exist. So the entire movie is him just being this one black character's It Follows demon. Just following around like, <laughs> you're here again! And just open fucking double-fisting cheeseburgers. Like, oh, we shouldn't oh, we, 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 we have to talk about the cheeseburger. We have to give it its own thing. Because first of all, we got to see what this kid does. Now remember, this movie takes place in 19... 19- it was actually filmed in 1985. It um, was released on mass in 1986. I say this for a reason. Right. Now the I NES, yeah, the NES was actually released in America in October of 1985, but it wasn't a big hit until 1986. Chris, why are you talking about video games? Because there's a scene of the fat kid Scott sitting on his lawn in a launcher, just spraying an air gun at empty Coke cans on the lawn, <laughs> dude. Buy a Mario cartridge. <laughs> he's just sitting there. I was like, he's got his feet up and everything. <laughs> so like the kids go chink, 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 and like, <laughs> it sounds like you fat piece of shit you're supposed to be washing the damn window where'd you get up and he's like oh my old man tell me as he waddles over to the window you can practically hear like uh like shortened breath about and he's like as he's washing the window he's looking over it he kind of there's a sketch from Louis Anderson, the, co- the comedian, the really fat guy. It's, he does a really funny impression of his father where he's like driving through the town and he's like, look at him. <laughs> it's like, and I mean, he does that exact same face. It's like the, the two heroes of the movie just having fun together, doing like Bruce Lee breakdances with each other. He's looking over. Like, 
fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a strange character in this new town I live in. Well, I hope I don't bump into him again seven more times. The absolute fucking nerve for the next scene to be, hey, you know any good karate dojos in town? Yeah, bro, let's go sign up. And then the fat kid is at the karate dojo. <laughs> I, that kid's what? just involved in everything. He could have said, hey, do you know any like barbershop quartets? And that kid's in one of them. I'm <laughs> three of them. <laughs> yeah, he would be all three of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, so like, I don't know. I think they start like rollerblading or something. They do something and they sure. ca- and they catch the, the fat kid's attention and he chases after them because he he heard like a, a crinkling candy bar in their pocket. Jeez, I've been sticking. And I, I think they like jump over like the the, the like little roadblock sign because there's like wet cement or something like that, and they like jump over it and they're like, oh, we got away from him. We can't go around it. <laughs> so like the workers are just like, no, come on, I want to see this. You can jump over it. Come on, let's see. The kid, I swear to God, he backs up like Curly from the Three Stooges, like the the. <laughs> It like rushes at the fucking thing. He both his feet hooked like the bottom plank, and he eats shit. And he does like the full like fat guy pratfall routine. Like, oh, you can practically hear him say, "This is another fine mess you've got me into." <sighs> I as I'm watching this, the first time I see him, okay, the first time I see him, I'm just like. Dude, this sucks. I'm so mad that this is just going to be like a one-off scene and we're never going to see him again. Lo and fucking behold, he is like the main antagonist of the world of Seattle karate. He just keeps appearing. He's he's our main character's Baba Duke. He can't escape it. He's like, alright, I guess I'll roll a new school. Oh, hi there! He's just like... This fucking movie, like, for an hour, it's just the fat kid as, like, Frieza. And then the third act is Jean-Claude Van Damme as Cell. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, I, I really thought at the end of the movie that they were going to team up to be, like, Seattle's Bulk and Skull. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he, he looks like Bob from Tekken. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to find a good description. That's perfect. <laughs> so after he falls down, go boom. Uh, Which time? <laughs> I uh, I I have to admit I wasn't well. This is the first time because then we I was going to say it's like as I'm watching it, so I was like, why are we watching the Burger King Kids Karate Club? You know, where's Sean Claude oh Van Damme? I thought he was in this. I should not have said the Burger King Kids Karate Club <laughs> because we we actually go to Burger King and he's like he has his own crew. First of all, like we know the fat guy trope. The fat guy is not friends with anyone. All right, and somehow he has his little underlings. He's like, some woman brings over must be like two dozen burgers, and this is a Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dagwood's looking at that, being like, guys, that's a bit much. And uh, he's like, don't worry, boy, she's on me. I was like, geez, Dad must pay well for washing the windows. And everyone's just like, hey, wow, this is pretty good. One bite in, and he is seven bites in. <laughs> and when I say bites. Like, we make jokes about, like, how people, oh, he was eating, slopping all over the place. He's eating, like, like the, like, the way that people do, like, uh, like watermelon eating competitions. That's the way he's, <laughs> that's the way he's eating his burger. 
He's a real chomp chomp swallow kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tell you. He's just going to go, next. <laughs> He's getting like mustard and, and, and ketchup all over his face. And like... <laughs> The, the, the black kid and the hero show up outside the Burger King and he's just like, <laughs> Well, look what happened to the neighborhood. And the guys are just like, hey, the burger's really good. Look at him. <laughs> it's like, wait, so what about it? He's like, bore my appetite. <laughs> oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> Context, like again. He's just pointing out at them. He's just like, look at them do over there. Hey, what is you? What do you want us to do, boss? And he's just like, like, ah, just keep him from going anywhere. That's that's how I want. Pull out like a little handkerchief, start like patting his head, like one of those old southern lawyers. I have to stress that at this point we are like maybe ten minutes into the movie. Like, these guys are all sitting at a table eating scuba-duber levels of burgers. He spots the black guy, and we just cut to them circling him in the streets. Like, we're, we're not filling any blanks that aren't already filled in. So he starts fighting the black kid, and the white kid jumps in, and uh, they both get a couple licks in on each other. And uh, the white kid comes home to his dad, who was a karate instructor, and his dad reams him out for fighting. Uh, I kind of thought that's what karate is. No son of mine. <laughs> His dad. Now listen. Karate son, has cost you his family will, everything. You will not be doing any fighting. Not in my house. You gotta you gotta do the, the 45 degree point at the floor with your open palm <laughs> if you want to act like the dad in this movie. Because oh, he does it I've... in every scene. Yeah, including when uh, his hands he... are full. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not really able to... Uh, Act. Well, you, you know, so, it was a very traumatic karate injury, so you know, have maybe to cut him some slack. You know what? There's a possibility that maybe he was like that one guy in the room who was like concussed, so he wasn't able to act. Maybe that's what Jean Claude Van Damme's kicked into his face. So it's like, okay, you're up, you're good. Next scene, interior house. You're chewing out your son. You know, son of mine, it's going to be fighting. The house <laughs> wait I thought this movie had an evil baby and a talking dog so <laughs> so it's important to like emphasize by this point like like uh, Alex mentions like we're like maybe 10-15 minutes into this movie this movie looks really really bad but more important than that it sounds really bad like there is something going on with the mics it just sounds horrible and We've seen so many movies like this, and I, I can understand it. Like, you see, every once in a while, you see, like, a, a clip from an 80s movie, you're like, jeez, I don't remember it looking like that bad. Like, I haven't got the Blu-ray, it looks fine. Like, uh, Big Trouble in Little China came out, like, a year after this. Like, I've seen clips where Big Trouble in Little China looks like a real grindhouse sort of movie. Like, you can see, like, the, the flaws in the film and everything like that. But uh, this one, like... It just looks this way. I mean, I downloaded this in 720... I mean, acquired it legally in 720p, and it looks like shit. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> Why I fucking terrible. YouTube, now, dude. now, this is the this is the wild part about it. Uh, 
you go into the trivia and like everyone was talking about this movie. This was like widely reviewed. People called this a Karate Kid knockoff. They called it a Rocky Four knockoff. They called it a whole bunch of other knockoff movies. And I was just like, really? Enough people saw this to compare this to other movies? <laughs> that I find that a little hard to believe that this was even in theaters. This looks like a direct to VHS sort of thing. It's borderline a Z movie. Uh, well, so you have it's to, a little hard to believe. You have to understand, Chris, this is before VHS was a thing. Because the first big VHS movie was Top Gun. Oh, which came out hey, the same right, year. Yeah. Like, like right. they, literally anything we see from this era... Oh yeah, everybody times. saw this on the silver screen, baby. So someone, somewhere, saw this in theaters. I, I wish it And it wasn't me. I w- I'm I, so jealous. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get back to uh, what's important here. So they go to a karate dojo because the hero needs something to do. And he joins it and wouldn't you know it, Scott, the fat kid, is there again. And <laughs> Absolutely. Like this is the moment, like the suspension of disbelief moment of this movie. <laughs> like, no. Absolutely no fucking way is this lard ass taking karate. <laughs> Like, I mean, when he's, when you see the scene of him just eating that entire cake with his hands, you're just like, okay, future episode, haha, guys. Then you see him in the crowd, you're like, guys, guys, future episode, stop what you're doing. Yeah. Like, this is <laughs> astounding. And then he goes up to the leader of the dojo, and he just says, look at him. See him? He was, he's talking shit on Seattle Karate. He's just <laughs> And uh, the kid just has, he's the most apple-cheeked, rosy-smile guy. He's coming in there with, like, an apple in his hand and, like, a belt tied around his book. You know, his knickers up above his knees, just skipping with a song in his heart and a smile on his face and a glint in his eye, ready to join the local karate dojo. And uh, the leader of the dojo is just like... This guy thinks that LA karate is better than Seattle karate. <laughs> now those, those are words I never expected to hear, okay? I never expected the wor- to, to hear the words well, how, do, how about we show him a little some some of Seattle karate? <laughs> oh yes. North South Korea and of course Seattle. <laughs> the, two, the two halves of karate. Yeah. Dude, that's the thing that how gets How does me. this fat guy how does he have the sensei's ears to be like, hey man, I know this guy? Like is he just greasing everyone's palms in this town with free burgers? <laughs> That's you know that's a possibility. Maybe that's how he pays for his karate. <laughs> he, just, <coughs> he washes windows and, and buys people cheeseburgers. <laughs> yes, officer, it's the man right here. He attacked me. Ah, oh, commissioner, you like that Big Mac? I got you. Yeah, I don't see any problem here. Drives off. He he is single handedly keeping like a half dozen bakeries in operation. <laughs> but he also comes to collect his percentage every week. <laughs> Oh, you call it I a know baker. business hasn't been slow. I've been here six days a week now. Business is booming. You may call it a baker's dozen here at this county. We just call it a dozen. Hand it over. 13. Come on. <laughs> so, so uh, the other guy is just like, oh, get rid of everybody. We don't need no Mets. And uh, there's, they just form... He says, form a circle around the square. They just get in square because uh, geometry in <laughs> Seattle's not great. And I have to admit, now, Parker, I know this much, right? Because I wrestled for a little bit. You usually do martial arts on, like, a mat. Because, like, what if you fall down and, like, you hurt your 
arm or something. You know. Why, why are they in a boxing ring? <laughs> it's not even like a boxing ring. There's a boxing ring over there. They're on a basketball court. They're going to do this oh, on a yeah. basketball court. And uh, they're just like, ah, oh, you, come over here. It's like, he sounds like fucking Jack Nicholson and Batman. It's like, you are my number one student. Show me some of the Seattle. Well, Chris, you have to understand, that's a little bit of that uh, that Seattle karate home field advantage. That's, uh, that's part be. of how they do it up there. <laughs> and I have to admit, the first time I saw this guy, he's not, maybe he's not as evil as I make him out to be, but, like, I thought what they were going to do is, like, oh, I'll show him what we're made of, and it's, like, a humbling moment for the protagonist, don't rush into a fight sort of thing. No, this guy's one of the bad guys. So, okay. Uh, this whole town is against him, because this fucking dude is greasing everyone's palms. <laughs> so that's the thing, that's what gets me about this, is this is a sign of, like, one of the rewrites, and one of the re-edits, because they're doing this, and the, our hero gets his fucking ass handed to him by this black kid, punches him at least a thousand times in the ribs. Dude, Goku doesn't punch this fast. <laughs> and he it's gets like his fucking Yamcha shows up. <laughs> He's like, oh hey, uh hey guys, how's it going? I want to train here, Master Roshi. He's like, hey Roshi, this motherfucker thinks LA karate's better. He just sits in Broly to beat him to death. <laughs> he's like he's like, okay. He's like touch gloves, assume stances, one of the kids in like the back whispers, ever see visit the North Star. <laughs> right in his fucking ribs. You're my best student. Like, this dude looks like 15 years older than I know. I don't even know what, like, the idea of the scene is. I think they were rewriting as this scene was going on because, like, the kid is getting dumpstered again and again and again, like, falling flat on his head. Probably has a couple concussions of his own right now. I'm asking what his dad has. And every single time he gets back into the ring and he's, like, more and more aggressive, I'm like, are they doing, like, a Rocky thing? Like, I can't keep him down. He's going to keep on fighting. And you'll wear out your opponent because he's got superior stamina. No, his his opponent does a jumping scissor lock around his torso and <laughs> throws him to the ground. Like, he's fucking Nina Williams. And, uh... He not do that in karate, by the way. I didn't think so. Says who? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, have you seen the Seattle Karate The movie? rules guy. <laughs> well, you can do it if the guy is mugging you. Why so, do you think anyway. this territory is so important to the New York Karate Mafia, dude? Uh, no holds barred, alright? You can you try one of these things in like a prison fight, you're not going to get away with it. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, this is a great strategy because we keep cutting back to like images of like the fat kid who's looking back at like his, his friend... Uh, RJ comes in to watch and he's like oh no the entire time it's just oh he's oh 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 he's getting his ass kicked he's he looks like uh like one of the guys from in living color meanwhile the fat kid is looking back at him like uh he's got looking back at him like the smuggest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life, dude. He is the... He's, he's a Billy Mitchell of Seattle Karate. He, 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 he looks like he just pitched a shutout in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> he's giving the James Franco so good style. He really he gets beaten to death on his first I was I was so expecting him to be like... Uh, check it out. And he has like a cupcake with a cherry on it. <laughs> He should be carrying a different treat in every scene. <laughs> he really should. This he is... should be at that pool party with a funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the final, as he's like patting people on the back, like getting their towel. He has an entire rack of ribs. 
<laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme's murdering everyone in their city. He's just got dipped and dust. Like, it's the ice cream of the future, guys! <laughs> Astronauts are gonna eat it! Okay, so our intrepid hero, the one we're supposed to like, who's supposed to be good at karate, runs away from the dojo. Is he supposed to be good at karate? <laughs> well, not now he's not, because I gotta tell you, I, I mean, I'm watching this like, wait, he runs away? You, you can stand your ground, you're the... What is, what is there about this guy I'm supposed to like? Well, you see, his only other karate scene was cheap-shotting a child in the first five minutes. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah, yeah. So it turns out he just really likes Bruce Lee and nothing else. Oh, we forgot to talk about RJ and him is just like, Hey, would you like to drive my car, homie? And the kid's like, are you are you serious? Are, are, are you serious, hunky? You want me to do this? And he's just like, yeah, you know where Bruce Lee's grave is. Uh, <laughs> uh, who knows? Who fucking famous Seattle like, landmark. Just, <laughs> the rapid cuts of, like, him at the dodo, getting his ass beat, running out, like, crying, and then just cut to gravestone. <laughs> Dude, I, I, you know what, Parker, I have to say, I thought it was really insensitive where they kept zooming in on uh, Bruce Lee's headstone with that picture of him wearing the sunglasses. Then they cut to that scene from the Evangelion movie where he's got cum all over his hands. <laughs> RJ, please, you have to pilot <laughs> Or else Bruce has to get back in. Damn, yo, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So, Like, he's the one black character, but every time he talks, he's like, I don't know how, but this feels racist. He should right, sound yeah. like this. It's, it's so fucked up. And yet, you how know damn that, you. Like, I just love to skateboard. I'm going you... to a dance competition. <laughs> but you do know that that's like his voice that he's doing because there's no way the director knew what was going on because uh, oh, wishing no not. offense to the director I'm not trying to say like oh you know one of those foreigners directing Americans but like it kind of has a dialogue sort of thing and he was probably busy directing a character we'll get to later yeah uh, <laughs> which one guys like? stop stop shut up pool party <laughs> we have this to is, have this is a pool party <laughs> where like we find out that our main character has a girlfriend question mark yeah okay so i I just want to talk about this so before we get to that sort of thing uh we see the fat kid cannonball into the pool by the way that's not a cannonball he just yells cannonball just goes ah just jumps in there and like we talk about like fat people in movies okay like uh this guy does sort of seem like the progenitor of chris of chris penn but even <laughs> even Chris Penn did not approach so these levels of spheroid, okay? <laughs> I have not... He does a can opener to the pool and just emerges <laughs> holding a fucking honey bun. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like one of the characters from... Remember that Johnny Bravo episode where those three fat rappers? <laughs> no, but you're fat and you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like one of those guys, but I like ham. <laughs> yes, that stuck with me. So, anyway, as he cannonballs into the pool and, and eats ice cream like this, yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, there's there's a girl there. Uh, there's a girl. She's pretty. She uh, she's skinny. She's blonde, and uh, turns out the. The sensei of the Seattle Karate Dojo, I can't believe I said those words, um, is, uh, he's at the pool party, and he's, like, really macking on her really hard. He's being really aggressive, and she's just like, um, no, I'm not into you. And we're like, oh, 
thanks for that scene. And she goes inside and she's just like, oh, what? what's the main character's name? Dude, I don't fucking know. Robert? I don't know. Uh, hey, Robert! Uh, good Since to see you it again. it is Jason? Jason? Alright, sure, that whatever. Right. No, Jason. I ain't calling him that. Jason. Chase. Uh, main character. Main character, it's so good to see you again. Hey, I mean, where have, you, where have you been this whole time? And he's like, oh. And like, uh, I, I, as soon as, like, as soon as he was like, it's like, oh, it's good to see you again. I wrote down in my notes, like, how does he know? I guess that's not how he knows her. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, okay. I guess they have just been fucking this whole time. Must have been a long distance relationship because she's been in Seattle and he's been in LA. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions. So because, like, they, maybe they girl, were just, it was I'm, just like a letter writing campaign. Yeah, you know? I, I'm just like, sister, question mark? Never mind. That's what I thought at first. Yeah. Turns out she has a she has a different brother who Never works for UPS. Mind. Yeah, and greets his sister <laughs> by hugging her and spinning her around. If you ever catch me doing that to my sister, you know that like the aliens got me. I love that they have a secret girlfriend who's hosting a pool party that everyone at the dojo is at. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. Also, he was like, oh, happy birthday. I got you a little gift. It's a box. And it's a living creature. <laughs> he's like, I oh, I knew you really wanted this. It's like, oh, I didn't get you, like, the cage you're supposed to keep it in or, like, the exercise ball or, like, any food or any bedding or anything. I used to work at a pet store. That's it's like, cool, you man. just... He just goes you out just hold on and finds weed. Just, just... <laughs> You just hope it doesn't get. In, you just hope it doesn't jump into that pool because it's not coming up. So uh, anyway, they're they are just deep within each other's tonsils, and the fat kid comes in and looks at it. And he just says, "What?" And the the the, uh, the bad guy from the dojo, the sensei from the dojo, comes in. He's just like, "Oh, oh." And we see the fat guy who who's like LeFou from Beauty and the Beast, like whispering in his ear, like, we're going to sneak around back and then we'll throw him in the insane asylum. And uh, <laughs> I, it was either, I was either thinking LeFou from Beauty and the Beast or I was thinking like, kind of like Jafar from Aladdin. He's like the scheming vizier of the Seattle Karate <laughs> Dojo. I can't believe I'm saying this over and over again. Oh, it is Jason. I looked it up. Yeah. Uh... I, uh, yeah, he's just the scheming vizier. So, anyway, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, we know each other, me and this, uh, sensei. And she's like, now, boys, I have to go cut the cake. And, uh, the fact is like, what? And he runs off, and they're just, like, staring each other down. <laughs> they, they're, they're about, like, tit-to-tit with each other. And they're like, hey, come on, man. I said, come on, man, come on, man. And this fat guy is maybe the world's greatest, like, secondary bully. He is doing Honestly, he's doing more work in this fight than, like, the main bad guy is. He's the one who's, like, like pouring a drink on him, like, throwing food at him. He tabletops him. I mean, they're the Dudley boys at this point, and I know which one's Devon, and I know which one's Bubba Ray. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, this kid gets his fucking ass kicked in public again. And... <laughs> That's the whole same first day. act of this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is him getting again, beat the... Now, to be fair, he deserves it for wearing a tie to a pool party. Come on. (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, if it wasn't him, it would have been me. All right? You see me. This guy thinks LA pool parties are better. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking 
shoves him face first into the table. So I'm gonna get that. It's like a sound effect. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, he leaves the party crying. Which I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's like David Wilson. You can't yeah. play football anymore after that. <laughs> uh, and his girlfriend is like, "No, I come back. Sorry." And he's like, "You knew?" And I was like, "Knew what? What did what did she know?" And she's and I think she says something similar. It's like, "There's no way I could have known." I'm like, "No, known what? What's going? I don't. Did I miss a thing? Should I? Re I'm not gonna rewind." And like he's like yelling at her and I'm like this is another scene where it's like the editing and the rewriting and everything this scene was maybe supposed to mean something else maybe she was just supposed to be like have you met this guy who I used to fuck and he'd be like oh, you know like one of those Lumberg from Office Space sort of scenes anyway he's really mad I want to talk about I mentioned this I, th I think I mentioned this offline the way he pulls out of the driveway. He backs his car out. He's angry. He's going, I'm never going to see you ever again. I hate you. You're not my best friend anymore. Gets the car, closes, starts the car, and he's he shifted to reverse. Eep! And pulls out. <laughs> it's this little pathetic little eep as it pulls out. This little squeak of the wheel. I was laughing so hard. I rewound it like five times. Just little, <laughs> it's the most pathetic, most impotent little one. And as he's driving away, he, it's like in F9 where the guy's like thinking about the past where his brother driving away after losing a race. And, except he's, <laughs> he's dreaming of all the times he got his face pounded into mulch by all these other people. It's just little Dom taking a socket wrench. Oh, is that who that party. was? That's, that's who it was. <laughs> oh, actually, I know who it is. Yeah. Uh, actually, Josh knew who it was. I gotta keep him paying for my food so, and deal on this somehow. I figured so, out who it was during the trailer. <laughs> okay, pivot to that. Remember, remember that time you got bullied as a kid and you just scream drove to Bruce Lee's grave to demand his <laughs> goat topi? And it really sucks that this guy and his, I guess, girlfriend had a fight. I sure hope they make up later. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing, is like, he doesn't, first he drives home to his family, and I, well, I say family, it's a bit of a misnomer, because I don't think mom is actually in the picture now, uh, because his dad comes out and just starts verbally castigating his son very loudly so the neighbors can hear it, and uh, he's just like, no son of mine, I don't even know what I raised, I'm like, Oh, your son just got his ass kicked. No posters. No training dummy. <laughs> I wrote the no nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> he destroys his son's Helga G. Pataki shrine to Bruce Lee, and it, it it really is. It reminds me actually more, not so much of the faculty. It reminds me more of Texas Chainsaw Two. He's just like tear it all down, tear it all down. <laughs> he is having a Citizen Kane level room <laughs> trashing. He is destroying everything in that house he just moved into. Yeah, he is obliterating it. Oh, it's it is... it's cool though because it's not his furniture. Oh yeah, well someone else <laughs> built that. So, uh... did you guys start the draft? Anyway, fantasy team name. <laughs> the dead no Bruce's King's Wing. <laughs> so he, uh, they, they, uh, what do they do? Uh, he drives away screaming and uh, visits Bruce Lee's grave and cries and uh, maybe has a little tug and goes back to uh, RJ and they're just sitting in someone's garage. I don't know where. And he's just like, 
Well, I guess I can go on. And Arte's like, damn, son, don't you want to, you know, hide out at my shack for a bit? He's like, no, I gotta get home. If I don't get home, my dad will scream at me and call the police. He's like, huh, I've been there before. I'm like, so, uh, you just like, <laughs> man, I'm really mad at my dad. I'm gonna go live in this abandoned house. <laughs> he's, he's, it kind of reminds me of that scene from uh, Rocket Power. He's like, uh, I need to do uh, the karate competition, but my dad's fucking gay. <laughs> so he's in his. He's just eating that cake and going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like he's, he's just bouncing like grapes off the wall into his mouth. episode where Tito had to teach the squid how to surf because he was the only other fat guy on the island. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Chris Penn taught this. That's how Chris Penn taught the fat kid Scott how to do karate. Okay, we, we nailed it. Like, I feel bad just piling on fat jokes the whole movie, but his character is eats cake out of his palms and then bullies the main character. Those are his only traits. He deserves it. Dude. Commits racial racial crimes question mark. Are we, uh, so, are we at the so, first bar scene yet? No, 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 no. We are nowhere near that. No, no. We're nowhere near that. First... This is the longest episode. Yeah, I know, but it's so good. Okay, so our main character, Jason, is in... Uh, I guess he resets up the garage with like all the Bruce Lee stuff. I'm just going to call it Bruce's nude room. And... Oh, no, dude. They find... Luckily, his friend RJ knows of an abandoned house they can set up in. Okay, so he's just in... That's where Bruce's nude room is. And he sets up all the stuff and starts, like, praying and, like, you know, talking. And uh, all of a sudden, a shining bright light as the ghost of Bruce Lee enters this movie. Now, uh, Alex, I think you mentioned this when you mentioned this movie. And I was just like... Okay, I'm just going to see this anyway. Now, after Bruce Lee died, everyone was just like, oh no, he was he was really good. He was a great movie star, a great martial artist. So they had what were called a lot of Bruce-ploitation movies. And those, I've seen a couple of them, and those are really sad affairs. Uh, they're obviously not worth time for this podcast. Uh, and they're just sort of depressing at, like, look what people will do just to make a buck off a dead man's name. Uh, now, that being said, they got one of the guys who was a stand-in for Bruce Lee on Game of Death and Game of Death 2. And this guy... I have to admit, he does sort of bear a bit of resemblance to Bruce Lee. Facially. Disagree. Uh, I, I could see it. I do. I could see it. I could sort of see it. But, like... Yeah, he has a good standing because they rotoscope Bruce Lee's face on him. Doesn't look yeah, but I, I'll tell you this, though. There's a reason he keeps his uniform on the entire time, A. And B, Absolutely. if you're going to, look, if you're going to, like, overdub the guy's voice anyway, because apparently the way that they shot it was like, that guy was speaking no English and the other guy was speaking no Korean, so they were just going mumbling back and forth behind each other with, like, cue cards behind each other's head of what to say. The overdub was like, ah, yes, you must put your leg like this, and, you know, like, doing all that. But if you're going to do the voice... Get someone who can do a Bruce Lee voice. Parker, do a Bruce Lee voice. Never mind. Alex can do My a Bruce turn. Lee voice. <laughs> 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 That's how what kicks uh, these are. Okay. Anyway. Uh, My favorite part of this training is that this fucking literal Bruce Lee impersonator is just giving off like these classic Bruce Lee quotes, but getting them wrong. 
Like, uh, everyone on the planet knows about <laughs> the be like water speech. It has nothing to do with pouring a fucking Coke into a cup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really it's, good. All so while, this is the part where... Okay. All while <laughs> this movie's original song plays over the training montage. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, as far as training montage, I like training montages, but there's gotta be a limit. Okay? This is a long training time. montage, long especially montage in an 84-minute movie. <laughs> Especially when our protagonist is this shitty. Like, he's not just a bad person, he's really bad at karate. And, like, there's so many scenes of him, like, he's he's got his leg caught in that, like, rope thing, and there's, like, a, a big old sandbag over there. And I'm like, that's not gonna help him do any good. There's him running, there's him doing, like, hip thrusts into the air, and his buddy just decides to hop on his lap. That's, uh... You got a, you got a uh, problem with, that. uh, Bruce Lee's ghost training regimen, dude? You know what? I think I do. I don't think Bruce the Lee The way he is doing those reverse cock push-ups while RJ <laughs> just sits crisscross applesauce on his hips. Come on, man. There's a, there's a scene. On. One of the first scenes, actually, where he's like getting ready to train and he's like, rising higher. Like, he puts on ankle weights. <laughs> I can see him like putting in like the lead to like the things around your ankles. You're not supposed to wear them there. You you wear them on your on your on your wrist. You can severely damage your muscles and your joints when you run with ankle weights, especially for like a long distance, which is what he's doing in the movie. Chris, this is why it's you'll like, never be like Bruce Lee. Okay, you know what? Well, runner's high is real. So, uh, <laughs> if you say so, buddy. I also want to talk. I also want to talk about the music <laughs> during the training montage. It's not just a song. The music fucking sucks. There's something in the background going. It sounds like fucking action. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Parker also watched a movie with that soundtrack. <laughs> oh god, it was fucking terrible. Anyway, um, let's get to the bar scene. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so the bar scene, his dad is like, "Oh, how do I make ends meet?" Because you know, being a karate sensei was really paying the bills. Uh, just able to buy this nice house of the suburbs of Seattle. So he's a bartender, and uh, he pours the world's shittiest beer for the world's drunkest customer who's shooting pool, who's just laying on the fucking pool table. Like, oh, no, they're here. Bring it here. And the guy's like, he knows I got the... Okay. So he, he sort of limps on over there. Here's your beer. And the guy's like, wait a second. Ain't you the one that used to run a little karate dojo? And he's like, yeah, but now I'm a bartender. So this like, is... ah, let's see some of them karate moves, you bastard. And the guy's like, I, I don't do that anymore. I don't even own a belt. So please That's... let me walk. Let me limp back to behind the bar. He's like, ah, shit, get back here. And he takes a fucking pool stick and almost like stabs the guy with it. All right. <laughs> And I'm like, what in the fuck? I'm just thinking, like, we really do need to do, like, that best of the best bar fight scene in order to calm this guy down. Is this supposed and, uh, to be the fat kid's dad? I thought so. But like, I thought so, but, but, but it's uh, never established. So, like, I thought so based you on know, like, the way written. he looked and the inflection, but also, like, if this guy is the fat kid's dad, then why is the fat kid in karate? This guy hates oh, karate more than anything. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Alex, I thought you were going to say, if that's the fat kid's dad, who am I? 
really but yeah, also, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it is. You know, actually, maybe I should go rewatch the scene where he's like blowing no cancel a lot of the air gun. I mean, either that's just the Seattle accent and nobody told me, or they're supposed to be related in some way. I, I don't think they talk like that in Seattle. <laughs> like I've anyway, been to Seattle, they didn't talk like this. I've never been in Seattle. I don't know if I want to go now, man. Well, I mean, that's because you've experienced such superior karate here. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he tosses him back. First of all, he's holding up against a bar, and he's thoroughly kicked this guy's ass with, like, limp leg karate, which I guess Jackie Chan invented. And he's just like, get out here, never come back. And the guy's like, I'll come back for you. He's like, not anymore. He, won't. And he tosses him outside, limps back to the bar, and uh, no one says anything. It's a real community spirit. And uh, the fat guy gets... All the doughy guys in Seattle who seem to belong to the same gang, uh, they all gave us like, oh, look, let's, let's go get one of them. There, there he is. He's right there. He threw me out of a bar just because I tried to kill him in cold blood. And uh, they're, they're beating him up. And the son finishes his training with the ghost. <laughs> yep. And remember your training. I guess pedals his bike over there as fast as possible. And as his dad's going, ooh, ah, well, you just hear, ah, and his son, like, fucking jump kicks a guy from out of the screen. I'm pretty sure it connects with a man's skull. So he beats up all the fat guys in Seattle, except for one, <laughs> who we will see you later. Kicking everyone's dad's ass in this bar parking lot. <laughs> as the fats are just. Disappears like tuxedo mask. Like, ah, I got you again. The one character is yeah. never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's in one of the crowd shots at the karate competition. Now, this. <laughs> I, the whiplash I, of this right? introduction. They, we, we're just suddenly in someone's like elegant 18th century study. You know, there's like soft armchairs, there's bookshelves. You know, no one in this movie reads. And he's just like he's telling the crime. Yes, he's telling like the crime syndicate overlord boss guy in a tuxedo, just like, "Oh, don't worry, sir. Once we win the karate competition, everything will be in place." And the guy is just like looking for a little cat to be like petting, you know. And he's just like, "Good, good." But what if this other team wins? I hear Seattle karate is quite good. I'm just like. What? Where's the crime? We what took, what we is took the over, crime here? We took over the best karate gym in LA. Our trainers, our fighters are trained better than anyone in the world. I, don't I, know I can't know believe this. I'm saying this, but like, <laughs> but like the the stories in like the American Ninja movies made more sense to this. The, the stories in the the Ninja movies made more sense to this. Hell, the story in Samurai Cop made more sense than this. They're a lot more cohesive. This is just like, oh, now we just have a karate competition at the end of the movie. At least best of the best, let us know that was coming. It's like. Hey, we're building to this. This is just like, oh, this is what we want you to do. We want you to fight in the tournament. And it was just like, I would have said, yeah, like, what? So if I lose, who cares? No one, whatever. I, like, already and, alluded to this a bit, but, like, this movie is literally structured like an entire fucking season of Dragon Ball Z. Where, like, there are bad guys, and then there's, like, an unnecessary amount of training, and then there's a tournament for no reason other than something else needs to happen in the plot. Like, it's like a fucking 40-episode arc, except in 80 minutes in this movie that's on YouTube. It's so much of it as a guinea force, and then freezes there for 15 minutes, you're like, God damn, where'd the time go? 
I guess the movie's over. Yeah. Oh, Alex, if yours was only 80 minutes long, mine was like a solid 98. I, I downloaded the international cut. So oh, maybe oh, mine had extra same. scenes that made this make no more extra sense than it was going to. Anyway. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> uh, still incredibly unclear. I watched it this morning, and I fell back asleep immediately afterwards because I was tired as fuck. And uh, I thought it was just you on me. dream like, about it. I'm a... I must have been dozing off, like, you know what happens, you know, push things off too long. No, it turns out, uh, it makes no goddamn sense. Dude, I could watch this movie. you spend an entire runtime dealing with <laughs> local small town bullies, and like, okay, but then also the mafia's back. You're like, what the Dude, dude I'm telling you, I could watch this movie a dozen more times, and if you ask me, how did we get here when we get to the karate competition, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But I am glad that we're here because they're just announcing everyone, and it really does kind of have, like, best of the best vibes. Just announcing everyone's like, oh, this guy who you've seen in one scene only. This other guy who you've seen in two scenes only. And this guy who you've never seen before. And it's just like, oh, I guess they are going to fight now. And then the bad guy boss, or second in command at least, he's like the junior rocket guy. He comes out there, and he has a face that looks like the bad guy from The Mask, uh, except white. And he's got, like, the hair slicked back, so he's just trying to look as terrible as possible. He's just like, this isn't even a competition! None of you can fight! I declare ourselves winners! And everyone in the Seattle gymnasium who came to watch the... I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Dude, I, what? I, if this were a real thing, I would go. One million You would have been there? Yeah, absolutely, you, dude. We I just see you walking back in the snack bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's weird. They said all the snacks are sold out. I wonder what happened. Babe... Babe, do you want to go to, like, a concert or something after this? Uh, I have plans. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I made these plans months ago, despite the fact that the mafia you, I would absolutely sit... I would be, like, two full popcorns coming over, sitting next to the fat guy who's just looking over, like... You got him on one side, like, hey, you gonna eat all that? And then you got Josh on the other side saying, hey, you gonna eat all that? <laughs> anyway, we should get back to the fat kid, because he's still somehow in this movie. He's... I guess the the trainer, he's a Burgess Meredith to everyone else's Rocky for Seattle. He's like the hype man for the fucking Seattle karate team. <laughs> I don't understand. The DJ Colin <laughs> Seattle karate. You gotta eat like a bear and fight like a hippo. <laughs> So he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he is everyone else's, uh, hype man. He's just, like, he's, he's everyone else's easy E. And, uh, as they're getting ready to fight, he's, like, waving the towel in their faces, being like, you're gonna get him, kid. And, uh, they all get their asses probably kicked by who else? Jean-Claude Van Damme, who, I gotta say, has really strong screen presence. If I was a Hollywood executive, I would have been like, that guy I can make a movie with. And then, like, my secretary would be like, uh, no, you're pointing at the fat kid. I'd be like... Here, you want to put it at Jean-Claude Van Damme? I'd be like, no, I know what I was doing. And uh, so he's he's doing well. He's kicking everyone's asses, literally. Now, there are certain things, and roundabout way here, I'm going to say this thing. Everyone talks about, like, oh, what's the sexiest scene in the movie? Don't Google that, because what you'll get is a search return for unsimulated sex scenes in movies, which are, like... I don't know if those ever actually happened, but some people say that they happened. What? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Now, I would call this unsimulated karate. 
because <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, according to the IMDb, IMDb trivia, was extraordinarily reckless during this movie and had no concern for other people's internal organs when his feet were involved. And he is just high-kicking every single person he comes across and he refuses to hold back. Despite the director constantly telling him, dude, chill the fuck out. And he's just going, oh, I don't speak uh, the English. I don't know what that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that guy, he, there go all his childhood memories, okay? Oh my god, imagine trying a Chinese director trying to tell Jean-Claude Van Damme to not concuss people. That's gotta be brutal. Those poor guys like he literally, didn't know what they signed up for. Jean-Claude Van Damme literally got sued at the end of this movie for playing too rough. Yeah, you know what? It looks I mean, sick, though. You know, <laughs> it does. You yeah. know what? If you're making Remember the Titans, don't hire Jeff Heath. <laughs> Actions have consequences. Also, I gotta say, so this movie comes out in 85, right? This is before fighting games were, like, really a thing. There's one scene where he beats a guy up so bad the guy goes fucking flying <laughs> over the rings. The guy gets, like, hit in the chest goes, ah! <laughs> Just, like, through, I've always... through the ropes. <laughs> Always gonna be a big fan of like the like the ground level cam looking up shot of like a guy getting thrown over a rope, like just flying through the air majestically. It kills one hundred percent of the time. He goes flying through the ropes like he's Wee Man, and uh, Jean Claude Van Damme then invents something that would later be used in several fighting games like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and Tekken. He does the victory pose. Where he does like a backflip and does the splits with both his legs on the ropes and bounces up and down going, you can never defeat me! It's like, insert a quarter, three, two, one, you have to insert the, the tokens in order to play your next round for a do-over. It's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. It really <laughs> is. It reminds me of the scene in, I think it was Double Team, uh, where he was like, he just starts bending uncontrollably. It's like, oh, I gotta be ready to break out of the terrorist island. And so he just starts like... <laughs> Bending his leg and doing the splits. I cannot do the splits. I've never been able to do it because that doesn't actually help you in wrestling. I guess it helps in karate. I think it would help more in like Eddie Gordo's fighting stance because he does the spin a Rooney. Uh, which, by the way, RJ does that at one point. I wrote down Eddie Gordo but deleted it because it's too obvious. So, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, he's, he's fighting a whole bunch of people. And uh, the last one, who the hell is he fighting? It's Who's the last guy that he fights? The the national karate champion who is also from who their is, dojo. Who is oh, the brother the, of the brother of the girl. girl. Oh dude, and we the, never talked the about the fucking dance scene at the club. Oh shit. Oh right. The whole yeah. movie stops dead. Yeah. For him to show but no fucking Michael Jackson dance. Okay, so for some reason, let's I'm not even gonna edit this back to where it belongs, but guys bear with us. At one point during the movie he, he after he ran out of his girlfriend crying like David Wilson during the National Anthem. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you also feel as strongly about that as I do. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, I don't want to see crying. You're not allowed on the field anymore. It's Tom Coughlin's problem. So uh, he goes into the club, and uh, with RJ, of course, who's just like, man, I can't dance with you. So he's like, yo, I know you can bust a move. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I can spin it then. And he just starts doing, like, the you got served, like, slide on your forehead shit to them. He's and literally all dressed the white people like a are fucking like... dictator. Like, <laughs> he looks like, I don't even remember what that fucking Sasha Baron Cohen movie is where he plays the dictator. But he I, looks like the, that. The dictator, yeah. Okay. Is that what it's called? Yeah. All right, well. I think so. I, don't I know. sound like a fucking moron then. 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's next week's episode. Anyway, okay. yeah, so yeah, they're Only doing dancing two. on the stuff all around. No. And uh, the girl is sort of by herself, that's and the guy's good. like, hey, I'm sorry. I was, I think he actually says the words, I was a real butthead. And, <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, I know. He's like, hey, wait a second. You're supposed to be like, no, you were. She's like, yeah, you were. And then they kiss. So they show up at the karate competition at the end. Sorry, God. <laughs> Can we talk about in the karate fight, the last guy, the karate champion he fights, when he gets him in the corner and just undoes the turnbuckle and starts strangling him with it? And there's like 50 people in the crowd and they're just staring like, hey, man, that's not very nice. You should stop doing that. <laughs> it's all the like old people. Dying. They were they showed up there looking for like bingo or whatever. And, and whenever Jean-Claude Van Damme is out there, he's like the ultimate heel in wrestling. They're just like, oh, come on. Oh, you can, you can tell they're just sitting there like, oh, classic L.A. karate move. <laughs> Dude, it's serious. Like every single time that it's like he's he's like walking around and it's like he shoves the referee aside. You can just hear everyone in Seattle going like, "Come on, <laughs> get that guy out of here!" <laughs> what match are the refs watching? <laughs> so, oh, meanwhile, like the fat kid is nowhere to be seen. I think I see him like slowly drifting over to like Jean Claude Van Damme's corner. He knows where the power is. And, uh, anyway, the girl's like, no, stop beating up my boyfriend, who's a karate champion in Seattle, but he's not part of the dojo. Okay. She jumps up there and is like, no, no, oh, you're killing three. him. And I... <laughs> Did I actually get all those Dude, I was, like, counting on my hands, like, wait a second. From Seattle. That really fucked my whole brain up. Wait. Oh, my God. Wait. Wait, the girl's brother was not the Seattle champion? Who was the Seattle champion? Well, you said it was her boyfriend. But... Oh, I said boyfriend. I, I meant brother, sorry. Who is brother. also... Brother who's in He is the brother. leader of the dojo. The other guy is the second in command. It's like, who... I didn't see him in that scene, I guess. I may, Maybe I missed him or something. Weird. He's never there because the he has so other shit about going yeah. on. Like, uh... Oh, you gotta you get to... so confused? Dude, well, you have to show up to practice. I think the first time I noticed him was when he comes in, again, working for UPS. He's got the world's shittiest 80s haircut, and there's a lot of shitty 80s haircuts in this movie, but that one in particular is just like, oh, what did they do to you? You gotta find that barber, you gotta sue him. Or do, like, Seattle karate moves to him. So, yeah, anyway, her brother, who's a Seattle karate champion, and wasn't at the dojo, but is friends with the one of the antagonists, <laughs> he's getting his ass kicked. Stressing me out so bad, he oh is, my yeah. god. It's, it's like, getting his ass kicked. And she's just like, no, no, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is just like, ah! And uh, she goes down, and Jason, our oh, hero, hold on. name. Oh, you are forgetting a very crucial part of this scene. I don't Where our that, friend the fat kid tries to give an assist to the guy in the ring by biting Jean-Claude Van Damme on the ankle. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. He tries to, he finally tries to eat Jean-Claude Van Damme. He finally tries to eat him. I've trained him a whole lot for this. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm good at one thing and one thing only. <laughs> you know, props to him for staying in his lane, though. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people you know, can't do that. <laughs> They said Brussels, and he just blacked out. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> anyway, he uh, gets he gets uh, punched aside or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Then he sees his girlfriend, or Jason's girlfriend, get, like, punched or something like that. He jumps into the ring like, ah, monkey style, and just goes ham on Jean-Claude Van Damme. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, beats up Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, he... Uh, 
I don't know why I said monkey style, like it was Dale Gribble was doing it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> swell a bit. Do you do you think like instead of pocket sand that like the the fat kid had like pocket rice? <laughs> <laughs> he loves going to weddings, <laughs> snatching it out of the air. <laughs> he just go. He he's like doing that. That's the Karate Kid scene. He's doing it with like chopsticks. Take these home for later. <laughs> I'll fry these up with a little bit of egg in there. Some sea- Oh yeah, the dojo. I'll be there five o'clock Thursday. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the the good guy wins, the bad guy loses. Um, <laughs> they just hoist them up to celebrate something. In the- <laughs> it really, dude. It really does end like one of those nineteen fifties uh, horror movies where it's just like they look at the defeated carcass of Jean Claude Van Damme. What hath God wrought? Stargrove, go go Stargrove. It's-, it's like I want to say something about the end credits. Did you guys sit through the whole credits? Perhaps it is the arrogance of Seattle. <laughs> So, like, I'm watching the whole, like, credits, right? It has a song, and I'm, it's just, like, inertia. It's like, I just don't feel like getting up or turning it off right now. The credits end, all right? The, like, the last words are done here. It's just sort of in, like, that sort of, like, dark blue background. And the music's, like, still going. And the music continues for, like, a minute 45. But I'm, like, looking around, like, what are, what are We paid for the whole song, like a, I mean. I was, like, is there going to be a post credit scene here where the fat <laughs> kid, like, chooses way out of, like, a grave or something? If only. <laughs> Oh my god. I We have talked about so many fat guys in movies. We talked about fucking uh, Russell Crowe and Unhinged. We've talked about Chris Penn. Uh, we've talked about everyone, but this guy. Just full stop. Yeah, just Chris Penn in both movies that we've seen. Best of the Best 1, Best of the Best 2, and Future Kick. Uh, and oh, yeah. yeah, he was in Future Kick. Uh, and this kid, I... I don't know what he went on to do besides be John Candy, but oh my goodness. Do you think he like he was like going through the phone book one day and just saw John Candy? It was like circled his name and marker. <laughs> it's just like find him, see what he knows, or what he's see what he's made of. <laughs> oh, I hope his name is true. <laughs> Oh I I mean I really Crystal Miner, if you're listening, I love the artwork that you did for this episode, but I might need to get a screenshot of the guy eating cake. (laughs) (laughs) He has such a large chunk in the hall. There's like a a gif. I think it may have been like a a screenshot or something. Like that really fat guy in like a light blue, like a wine shirt. He's like lifting up his little sunglasses or whatever like that. And I'm just like, yeah, where's that guy? Turns out he's here and he's holding a cake. He's just, like, that's, like, the screech I want, because it's just, like, him, like, like a full cake. Like, the full, like, you're walking through, like, Safeway, you're just like, wow, they did such a great design on that Beauty and the Beast cake. I sure would like one of my own. And you're like, oh, Mom's like, I can't get that for your birthday, because it's not your birthday yet. It's not for six months. You're like, oh, okay, that kid just goes in there. It's like, it <laughs> just walks out. He's got a whole, like, like shovel handful of <laughs> holding an entire sheet kit going hey, Bruce Lee I don't get it oh wow you and your little Brucey Lee <laughs> and then he grew up to be Preston Lacey you know that. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see
That's the tea, sis.